Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 184. Hello out there, I'm your host Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not, is B.T. Calloway. Oh, hi, hi. And joining us all the way from Melbourne in Victoria, Australia, he is one of the hosts of the Grub Podcast and also the host of the brand new podcast, Big Aussie Revolution, it's Greg Larson. Hello, thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for joining us on The Simpsons yeah. Index. And for those of you no who haven't heard before, this is the podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode comes from a different decade. Now, Greg, yeah, thank you so much for mm. joining us on the podcast today. No worries. I'm, I mean, it, I love this idea. I think it's mm-hmm. cool. And I also I have really strong feelings about The Simpsons. I mean, everybody <laughs> loves The Simpsons, but it's my... You know, the classic yeah. era is my favourite, and I, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I haven't watched all the, the later stuff, so this it's, is a kind it's of... It's a difficult love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff to be mined out of the new seasons, but not a mm. lot, but, you know, we mm. make it our endeavour to try and find that. For you, mm. the listener. But, mm. Greg, yeah, let's get back to the classic years. Do you mm. have a, a personal Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you? Well, actually, I remember when I was I was in primary school, and I can't remember exactly what year, but we were, everyone was talking about this new show that was coming out called The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And I also remember there was another show that everyone was talking about that was coming out that all us kids were really excited about called Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the puppet show. And I remember mm-hmm. having an argument with a kid where I was legitimately saying, nah, man, Dinosaurs is a much better show than The Simpsons. Like... <laughs> It's so much better. It is going to be the new hit show. <laughs> and I was convinced it was dinosaurs. You can keep your cowabungas. I'll stick with the not the mummers. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could just oh, imagine man. that, though, in the year 2020, we're looking at the 32nd <laughs> yeah. season of dinosaurs. Yeah. Oh, oh good. Um, but yeah, I remember. Yeah. But I remember what it was like when. Um, you know, being in primary school, I don't know how old you guys are. Like, if if you remembered when it first came out, or yeah, yeah, about yeah, there. I think I think I'm around the same age as you, thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, thirty something. Redacted. Something. Yeah, yeah, thirty. Not point. forty. No, um, <laughs> younger than forty. Yeah, yeah, because it was like it was everything. Everyone was talking about it all the time. It was big discussions at school the next day, and I always remember there was one episode in particular that I I remember missing. Because I got in trouble and mum said I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons that night. I can't even remember what I did. Did you um, put mothballs in the meatball stew? Oh, no. It was <laughs> it was Deep not anything guts. anything interesting. But yeah, mum. So I didn't get to watch The Simpsons. And then it was the casino episode. Oh, oh, nice. And I remember everyone talking about it at school. And I had to wait like a year for it to come on <laughs> the repeat. So for years, this was this mythical episode that sounded better than any episode I'd ever seen. But I hadn't. I couldn't see it. And it's still to this day is my favourite episode, I think. Oh, dude, to me, that episode for me was You Only Move Twice, the Hank, Hank oh, Scorpio right. episode. I had mm, to go yeah. see my stupid cousin uh, being born <laughs> and <laughs> had to miss out on wow. taping The Simpsons Cousin's that gonna night. Cousin's going to have heaps yeah. of birthdays. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So what? Yeah. I missed the first one. Big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Won't even remember. It's not even first yeah. zero. Anyway, so yeah, that to see that years later as well, I could imagine, yeah. But anyway, on the flip side of that we asked where mm. did you drop off uh, was there a point where you're like nah that's it or was it a gradual fade where did you land on that it was definitely a gradual fade there was definitely a moment where I had to tell myself I actually don't like 
mm. The Simpsons anymore. Like there was a realization, and mm. it, I had a I had a similar moment with. I don't know how big of music fans you guys are, but like with the with the Smashing Pumpkins and Billy Corgan, mm. yeah, where there was yeah. a moment where He's I went, "Hang on a second, mm. yeah," <laughs> I was like, "Hang on a second, I actually don't like any of this," and it's been a while since I've actually liked it. And it, it's similarly to the the Hobbit movies. I'm a huge, <laughs> I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, and I remember watching the first movie and just just going, "Nah, I'm loving it. I enjoy it. I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm definitely having a good time." And the second movie, I was just like, oh, I don't know. And then by the time the third movie came out, I was like, I actually don't like this. So this is a roundabout way of saying with The Simpsons, I don't know when. Mm. Sometime around season 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Sometime around then I started missing episodes and going, eh, I actually don't know if I like this show anymore. Yeah. They did, they did that big crossover and brought Smaug in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, have you seen anything from the HD era before tonight? Oh, bits and pieces. And... I think I watched one or two random episodes recently when I got Disney Plus and was re-watching all the old stuff. Mm. And I remember skipping ahead and going, let's just watch a random episode. and <laughs> Yeah, see um, how that works out. Yeah. And I definitely, I remember having an argument with a friend of mine a few years ago who was claiming that The Simpsons was just as good today as it Ooh. always has been. And it's just because we've, we've all moved on and changed that we don't think it's as good. Um, and then he made me watch a couple of episodes and I was like, nah, I can't, I can't get behind that. No, if anything, I set out when I started this podcast about four and a half years Mm. ago to prove that, yes, there is still some good new Simpsons, Mm. but yeah, Mm. as far as studying of it for the last that time, I can (laughs) definitely state that is not true. They are not firing on the same cylinders. Yeah, we've got to be Mm. broaching the 10,000 hour mark required to become an expert on this. uh... (laughs) (laughs) So you can trust us. Yeah. Fuck, that is so funny about the Smashing Pumpkins thing, man, Mm. though, because I had a similar Mm. revel uh, about the same band was when I went to see him at a I think it was a big day out and they were playing like a shitty small stage while Slipknot had the main stage and I was like mm. oh that sucks a bit but yeah go see the pumpkins and I'm like fuck I think I want to go back and watch Slipknot <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they really you know like and, and that makes you wonder too I mean it's the same with with the whole Star Wars thing mm. like I wonder how good you know Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins ever was maybe he just kind of had a few good albums in him or maybe someone else was editing it, you know, or like telling him no. Same with like Star Wars, you know, yeah, the, yeah. the original trilogy, great, but then no one told George Lucas no and then yeah. he made a lot of crap. No, that's right. But, you know, we'll always have the Empire Strikes Back and Melancholian mm. and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, that's yeah, true. I heard if you play Melancholy while watching Empire, <laughs> it ruins both. <laughs> that's, that's true. I can confirm. It's... All right. Well, yeah, we've been talking around it enough, and mm. it's because I do not have a lot to say about the episode we're about to mm. review, but let's get into it. We just watched an episode from the HD era. This was Season 28, Episode 8, Dad Behaviour. First released mm. in November of 2016, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Ryan Coe. In this episode, Homer discovers an Airtasker app-style app called Chore Monkey and starts outsourcing all of his stuff, including his relationship with Bart, and then he becomes jealous of the footballer that's developed a relationship with Bart and in the B story, Grandpa thinks he's gotten a girl pregnant. Hey, what do we think? Oh. Well, Elliot, do you ever think about just giving up? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No. Um, Does the B and BT stand for bleak? <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I've never looked at my own birth certificate. Um, yeah, look, this is just white paint. There's nothing mm. to it. I, got, I, have, I have a full page of notes and yet nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Greg? Yeah, I, I mean, this was sort of 
you know, I, I wrote a few things down and, and because I hadn't seen any of the really new episodes mm. in a long time, you know, things struck me. It was like, I totally forgot there was a new intro. Of course mm. there was, but I, yeah. I, I literally haven't seen it in that long. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's right. The intro's all new. And just like the intro just so clearly demonstrates how bad the show's gotten where it's yeah. just like, it's gags on gags, but they're not built on top of each other. They're just put on top of each other if that mm. makes sense it's yeah. it's it's just like chuck as many gags in as you can but they're not necessarily related yeah they're not um, cohesive or yeah yeah it's not cohesive one doesn't lead on to another mm. um and also just there was something right off the bat right when and this but this is purely subjective but seeing homer pull out an iphone it just seems wrong like mm. it doesn't it just doesn't gel with me it's like how yeah. it, i mean it breaks the sort of immersion that i have where it's like it, it really does make me go, how old are these guys by now? <laughs> you know, like it's, he's the same age. It's sort of, it's moments like that that sort of make it seem weird. Mm. But yeah, the the B story, that Grandpa Simpson having a baby. Yeah. That legitimately, <laughs> if that had been done in classic era, could have been a great A story mm. if it was played serious. Yeah. Without like putting a hat on a hat and making it too jokey where the baby is like a little version of Jasper. <laughs> yeah, and that's how you find out, you know, who is the father. Maury Povich yeah. pulls out the yeah. ultrasound yeah. and it's like, well, he looks exactly like him. So. He's got a beard in Indeed. the way. Like, it's it just a... craziness on craziness. Yeah. It had a baby beard. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our friends down in Adelaide, Baby Beard Media. Uh, mm. Well, let's hook into the questionnaire. BT, what's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? You know, uh, I got three and I'm just picking between them. We kind of just briefly covered them all. I'm going to go back to that couch gag real quick because it's this long extended thing where every member of the house except for Bart dies. And this isn't mm. a Halloween episode either. This is just... Mm. Homer swallows that nuclear rod and dies. And Bart gets his, you know, it starts off with Bart getting his skateboard snapped when he lands on Barney. And you're like, okay, they're doing something different. I thought that was going to be the lead in the episode. He was then going to have to walk home and that would be a thing about getting a new skateboard or something. Okay, fine. Uh, Lisa gets KO'd by the door. Technically, maybe she's not dead. Maybe she has massive head trauma. There's not a lot of dispute about the next two, though. No, well, I mean, it starts off kind of charming because Maggie's driving and Marge, I guess, wakes up in the back of the car somehow. But they drive through like a chicken farm and then there's a chicken and Maggie gives it a pacifier. You're like, okay, chickens are funny. And then they drive into a lake and Marge's body floats to the surface and Maggie doesn't. Mm. And you're mm. like, this is bleak enough to watch Marge just floating there. The knowledge yeah. that Maggie hasn't surfaced yeah. is uh, is unsettling. And then to cap it off, so we get home and then Bart starts watching TV. But what they then do is have a transitional scene where, you know, you do the classic shot of the da-da-da-da TV screen, which is then sliding off. And that leads directly into the episode of Homer having to, because he hasn't built the mm. uh, TV stand, just yeah. pushing the, the TV on the box up and down. It's like... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> These scenes are now linked. You did this very intentionally, and mm. I just saw everyone die, and now instead of Bart sitting on the couch, Homer is like, one or the other. Have yeah. your incredibly bleak, yeah. morbid intro sequence. I don't like it, but fine. Uh, or have your lead-in with the sliding TV. Don't have both, because it doesn't work, and it makes me now believe that that was real when I just watched of all the Simpsons characters <laughs> dying outside of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Had to get you a towel and a warm cup of cocoa after that one. I I wish. I mean, you're you're bang on too because that's cutting into the episode with the TV sliding down after we've just come out of the TV. 
that's actually kind of clever if it was used on its own and that was the mm. only strange thing that happened. Yeah. yeah. But to have that happen on the back of this already, it's just a hat on a hat. It's just the silliness already. Oh, it is and hats yet, all the way down. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing but hats. The, but Marge floating in the water, I mean, you can tell that's a decision because they've gone, like, what's more sinister, a baby never emerging <laughs> or a baby floating in the water, you know? Like, yeah, they had that discussion. Yeah, like, like if at least if it doesn't emerge, maybe you can think that Maggie fell out just before the moment of impact. <laughs> I mean, but, I want to believe that, but uh, that's yeah. not where I go. Mm. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild that they even went for this. And yeah, you're right. Outside of a treehouse of horror setting, yeah. I don't know why. And why? Well, mm. they, oh, guys, we need to point? punch up the intro. Okay, how about everyone dies? Jenkins, you're a genius. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, that's the problem with these intros where, yeah, it used to be they'd yeah, replace the chalkboard and couch gags. Yeah. Maybe mm. occasionally something on the in-between, but yeah. fucking very mm. rarely. And yeah. it's all the intro is, is just yeah. a stack of gags where you got the Ralph gag, you got a billboard, a chalk and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. just, again, I'm just going to come back to why this has nothing to do with the episode and it's not a Halloween episode. You're just doing it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. about you, Greg? What's a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? It, it was it was the moment when, and I mean it stands out weirdly it, because it was the moment when Homer goes to see his his dad mm. in the old folks' home, and it was at that moment where his dad starts going, "Oh, I'm having a baby." Yeah, and I checked the time, like I checked how long into the episode it was, and it was nine <laughs> minutes in mm. or ten minutes in of a you know a twenty two minute episode. Yeah, so and I'm like, much ten halfway. minutes in. 10 minutes in, and I don't know what the main storyline is yet. Yeah, I wrote that down. I don't like, really... Is this the plot? Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. thought it was going to be, and they were going to pull away from it, it being a gag, and he was just confused mm. or something. But no, this is now the B plot. Yeah, and it's like, it's such a clear demonstration of good writing versus bad writing. When you have, you know, a, a old episodes, classic era episodes, the story is informed by the things that happened previously. So something happens, and then because of that thing happening this new thing happens yep. and yeah. then that's the story. Whereas this is not really because of, it's just, and also. Yeah. And that's just bad writing. It's just like, this happens and also this happens and also, and and at 10 minutes in, he's, I, I did laugh purely because I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, he's yeah. just, oh, son, I'm having a baby. I'm like, well, okay, what's the, what's the episode about? Is this the episode? We're nearly done. Like, yeah. what, what's the storyline here? No, absolutely. Um, so that was the moment. And, you know, when they're trying to shoehorn in, like, the three generations are now getting on at the end, it's like, yeah. mm. was there a way for this baby story to intersect with this other story? Or, like, because mm. that's what it felt like they were going for. Homer, like, reaching out mm. to his dad. It's like, I've been neglecting you. What advice have you got? And then it just pivots. Mm. Hard left yeah. turn. Yeah, because yeah. Abe does go from trying to run out to deciding to go see this woman that at the time he thinks is having his baby, but without any moment of revelation. Not a, and mm. that could have related to Homer of being like, you know, son, you, you may not have want, never wanted to have been a father, but you're in it now. And you've made this commitment. And you've created life, and it's the most wonderful thing in the world. And you've got to stick it through. Yeah. Something, but they don't. Just fuck it. That requires effort. But everything about this episode to me is like what I what I always tell people is like bad writing in comedy, which is. If you're going to have a story, the story has to be interesting when you take out all the jokes. Mm. Yeah. Like, take out all the jokes, take out all the funny parts of it. Do I still want to know how the story ends? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then what the fuck is the story doing? Why don't you just make it a sketch show? Like, mm. it doesn't have to be... It can just be random. It can just be Family Guy or whatever. That's No, I mean, that's kind of what The Simpsons is these days. It's Yeah. yeah. 
a loosely just, held together sketch show. Yeah, it, and and that's no good. Like if you're having sort of storylines, they have to be good. If they're not good, then just have it as gags. Just have yeah. a fifteen minute episode of just gags and funny things happening. But no I mean, story. that's the thing. The gags weren't particularly strong in this episode yeah. either. And <laughs> they were yeah. really strong. I will give it some points for having a degree of sincerity. I feel like lack sometimes in The Simpsons, where mm. even though I wasn't loving the jokes, the the delivery was at least, I guess intentional if that makes sense mm. it doesn't feel yeah. like the cast just like oh and then i walk a walk you're like uh mm, it actually yeah. felt a bit more organic for the most part I'm like so even up until the point where i gave up which is where was that um probably the long rambling monopoly bit oh yeah um <laughs> i was still like okay okay i'm not a, it's, this isn't great but what have you got you know yeah the only thing that i found funny was i i like even after everything i still think millhouse's dad is kind of funny yeah, <laughs> I think he's as a character, but maybe it's just because I haven't seen him that much, and mm. I haven't watched The Simpsons. You know, I don't know if this is overplayed or not, but I yeah. found Milhouse's dad kind of funny. He is, but like he's not as overplayed as Gil, and I think the trap that they fall into sometimes mm. is that Kirk and Gil are essentially mm. the same the character. Same. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about Gil. Yeah, Gil was. Gil, to me, was like almost a signal of, of the show going downhill. It seemed like a kind of desperate character. Mm. Yeah. I don't know when Gil came in exactly. Uh, season okay. eight, I want to say. Season eight or nine, mm. yeah. It was definitely passing the baton yeah. from like the Phil Hartman characters to yeah. just Gil. Well, the turning yeah. point Gil. for me for Gil was at first he was like the optimistic loser, even though he would always mm. you know end up short. He was always, ah, well, one more try, you know, that yeah. kind of deal. Mm. Whereas lately he's just gotten depressed and suicidal and boring. Mm. And it's, it's just, it's lame. It's, we already yeah. have those characters. It's, it's pointless. But yeah, that whole Kirk bit. First of all, Kirk is an asshole in this thing. And also, <laughs> mm. why is this scene here? And then Luann is even a bigger asshole. So Yeah, that's the thing. That was going to be what stood out to me is this whole Kirk staging the wall coming down on him for America's Funniest Home Video, which... I mean, if you're going to spend this, like, because it was like a good minute and a half or mm. something, you're going to spend this time on Milhouse and Kirk, who do come into the story later. They're not setting mm. up any part of the story or any part of the conflict mm. or showing the strain in their relationship. It's just this weird fucking sketch for Kirk to, yeah, um, yeah. basically say for a long time that he's about to get hurt, and then he does. And then mm. Luann backs yeah. over him, and it's like, yeah. wow. Near intentionally. I mean, quite intentionally. Mm. He was very, he's on a stepladder. You don't miss that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> She's going with the, yeah, I, it's okay, I'm a teacher defensive, just, yeah. She's mm. not a Ramp. teacher. <laughs> mm. So, play count. Have you ever seen this episode before, Greg? No, never. Never seen this episode BT? before. I had a chore monkey watch it once. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. I feel bad This now. isn't actually the real BT, yeah. by the way. This is a very qualified <laughs> yeah. person. Like, this, My name is Doug. <laughs> this is a very... Um, a common thing of New Simpsons is to, yeah, have these things that are in culture now and just sort of do them but not have a interesting take or uh, wait greg what did you think about the whole air tasker chore monkey thing yeah I, I mean i think it's a perfect example of and this happens a lot in bad shows and with mm, bad yeah. writing is just people going oh um uber that's a thing now let's have something in there that's like uber but they yeah. haven't really thought about why or mm. and they don't really know exactly what it is you know, and and there's a difference between a show that really understands what it's talking about or making fun of, and one that doesn't. And this is one that doesn't. It's just yeah. like, yeah, the gig economy. Um, people are doing things like Airtasker and Uber and stuff. So I guess have a thing about that. But I mean, that in and of itself should have been the main story if they were going to mm. do that. 
you know, it doesn't even like it's sort of glossed over. Like Homer's like, oh yeah, they they cut me off. You know, apparently you got to pay with your credit card. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. like that's the whole thing. Like, it shouldn't mm. the story revolve around that and him getting addicted to this, or you know, it just kind of just goes away. Like it's yeah. just or him yeah. just getting so lazy, he doesn't do anything himself. But then, okay, my main problem because this is the the main focus of the entire episode is that uh, Homer is basically uh, what's the word I want here outsourcing uh, time with Bart. Yeah, mm. except. We're never shown him doing that in the sense that Bart just runs up and says, "Hey, can I play catch with that mm. guy you hired to play catch with me?" And it's like, oh, so mm. surely it should have he should have asked Homer first, and then Homer outsources it. But then later on, when he's like, yeah. "Oh, they cut me off because I didn't pay," then that guy should have left. Yeah, <laughs> why is yeah. he still playing with Bart? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not Bart yeah. who's paying him. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. Talking about timing of the episode and when certain story beats happen. Yeah. Homer realizing the folly of his ways and seeing Bart bond with someone else happens within the first act, and then it mm. kind of feels like we're just stretching and treading water for the rest of it. Because it happened in what season mm. five with the Big Brother program. That's exactly yeah, yeah. The, the first thing I thought too was we've already seen basically this. It was it, it was handled so much better, and the the Big Brother episode was fantastic. It was a, one of the all time great episodes, and we've seen that, and it's no, absolutely, but. You know, I will say just, I reckon there is an interesting dynamic with Homer bonding with Millhouse Bart with Kirk mm. to get revenge. And I think there's something very interesting you could do with that character mashup. But yeah, yeah to do like, yeah, this half past imitation. Sorry, it just clicked in my head again that um, Bart eventually finds out this guy's got a list of things like let Bart win at Monopoly and always tell him he's great. Mm. But that doesn't mean anything. It should be then he goes to, at least Homer is, you know, while he's got his faults, is genuine. And then mm. there's a moment to be said about that. It's better to have the real thing than this, you know, nice fake, I suppose. Or where's mischievous mm. little Bart using this information uh, against Homer now? Uh, I don't know. Ah, could have been so much better, but... I'm slowly getting angry, so that's nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to feel something. I have a reason to live! <laughs> no, watching this episode was like taking children's Xanax. Hey, I can make a reference <laughs> to the episode. Uh, we like to talk about the cartoony elements, though. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? How'd they use the animation space? I mean, it was it was wacky, but I mean, it, it's hard to watch for me to watch these new episodes because the, I haven't seen so many of them. Mm. But compared to old episodes, yeah, it's wacky as hell. I, do, I like the little Jasper thing and and Homer getting that actually really annoyed me. The, the I was just thinking about Homer getting stuck in the what you call it the IKEA cabinet thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he but he was stuck in a way that I mean, if you're gonna do that, make it visually interesting. Mm. visually it looked like he could get out and this is yeah. an animation like you're not, you're not constrained by anything yeah it no. looked like he could actually get out of there so yeah and i think there sense. was a good pullback and reveal to do that that they didn't and mm. no and then even that's just a an opening to start this whole chore monkey thing he just calls up barney says oh come help me he's like why don't you use this hot new app we're all talking about Surely if he was like weirdly stuck in an oddly designed piece of Swedish furniture, he could have been, Barney, I'm stuck. Oh, in what? Oh, IKEA furniture? Oh, it's not the Plouble, is it? Uh, yeah, it is. Oh, you need help, bit more help than I can provide. Why don't you use this app? There. Yeah, Slightly yeah. better, and at least it's funnier because he'll be in a weird contraption. And oh, yeah. You, you could have a pullout where Barney is himself trapped in one, and he's like, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm, I'm not your guy here. You know? Yeah, um, that's funny. <laughs> spent my last 10 bucks on getting you burp or whatever the hell that yeah. he got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it was actually surprisingly devoid of wacky animation yeah. moments there, in this There one. are bits. Mm. I do like when uh, Snowball 2 is just kind of gnawing on him. He's like, stop <laughs> yeah. eating me. I'm not dead yet. Mm. <laughs> I actually I didn't love the Allen key bit where he sucks the cow 
Alan Key up and spits out the wrong one, but I did like the callback when he coughs up a bunch later. Yeah. Mm. Mostly because they didn't stop and go, more Alan Keys. What? They mm. just let it happen. Yeah, that's what I hated about the first one. That's yeah. not the one that yeah. I swallowed. It's, we know it wasn't. Yeah, we yeah. already saw that. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, a different one. <laughs> yeah, uh, what does that say about comedy writing? You know, show and tell. Mm. But you got to mm. do both. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the biggest bit of whack, to be entirely fair, we can mark this down as, uh, you know, an unreliable narrator when Abe thinks back to his own father, who's all in like Popeye style. Uh, mm. Fleischer animation mm. and it gets thrown into the side. I'm like, yeah, no, that seems like a grandpa story. Sort of. Like, mm. the idea is there. It didn't quite land, but yeah. Yeah. And it's another one of these HD Simpsons things where they go for these moments and it looks nice enough, but yeah, I, I just didn't think much of the material around it. Yeah. And it, it's so weird too because, and I mean, I, may, I maybe I shouldn't be overthinking it like this, but it used to make sense that grandpa talked about his days in the war and all this. Yeah. But now he's, if he's this old, like, then his when he was a kid, it was what the fifties, you know. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what's this like pre-war nineteen twenties animation thing? Yeah. It's, yeah, it doesn't that, fit. No, that's the odd thing with the Simpsons timeline and the the problems of them existing for this long. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, now they have mm-hmm. iPhones, but they also grew up in the eighties. But also Homer started grunge movement. So yeah, well, well <laughs> yeah. still operating on the idea that Springfield exists in a time bubble. That must. And mm. things outside of it can change, but within it, it does not. How about the heart mm. of this episode? Did you feel the emotions in this episode? You know, classic Simpsons uh, could bring the laughs and the bumps. So what do you reckon, Greg? Did, was this an emotional episode? Not in the slightest. Like, it had the absolute potential to be. Like, mm. o- almost all the sort of little story threads that were in there had the potential to be something. And yeah. back in the day, they could have been, but absolutely not. Like, it was just pure just for gags and there was nothing sort of in there interesting no i mean i'm even trying to think to the you know climax of the episode where they go back to itchy and scratchy land again to remind us of an old episode mm. i guess yeah well that was sea world but still but um, i mean itchy and scratchy land anyway. anyway yeah true it's two old episodes fuck yeah mm. they're just sort of randomly grabbing and smashing these old ideas together and but yeah, I don't even remember anything out of the climax of the Bart, Homer, Kirk, Milhouse story. They're chasing each other on dodgem cars and shit, and that's how they And then Bart, yeah. Bart crashes, and Homer's like, mm. oh no, my son. Yeah. Is that what happened? Is that everything? Again, yeah. I'm just trying to remember what the story was. Yeah. yeah. And yeah and I, oh, yeah. I, oh, I just think it speaks to how bad the story was that we watched it 20 minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah and it's already it? fading from memory. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, there was that very last sting, the credits start, and they stop, and we can watch all three generations of Simpsons men watching television. And you were like, oh, nothing really happened. I'm like, yeah, that was supposed to be like a heart moment for the feelings we didn't have. Yeah. Because mm. they didn't mm. put them in there. No, it's so odd. And. Like, I got a little bit of it when Homer was bonding with Millhouse, but I don't think that story was strong at all. It's just like he's doing stuff with him. There wasn't... Mm. Um, well, even when Homer's saying, oh, you know, I just want a son that respects me and doesn't call me Homer or fat ass. I was like, yeah. okay, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they go fishing and, oh, rip the hook out and throw it back because we're humane. It's like, is all this story is to have a commentary on fishing. I, I yeah, know, and also, again, another, another per- perfect example of... Like, you've got a gag there. You don't need to say anything. Like, yeah. a good joke. I mean, it, it, even then, it's not that good a joke. But if they just, if there's just nice, relaxing guitar music playing as, mm. as a bit of a montage and, and he just rips the hook out and you see the dead fish go into the water, mm. that would have contrasted with the nice moment. And you don't need to then explain the joke. 
Mm. Yeah. You know, you don't need to have dialogue going, we're humane. That's mm. why we take the hook out. Yeah. You know, it, no, it's very heavy handed. And mm. yeah, I, I just don't know what to take from the emotions of the grandpa story. It's nothing. Yeah, well, you take nothing. nothing. <laughs> well, it feels like first he has the same conversation twice, once with Homer and then once with Marge. Mm. And then so the reveal doesn't really mean anything. And mm. it just brings up a lot of questions about what's happening in this old folks home. Mm, fuck yeah. it. Oh, okay, your question's answered. <laughs> but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we all know and love? How's the integrity of the show? Well, yeah, from my uh, again, I mean, it's so jarring to have recently watched all the old stuff and haven't seen the new stuff, but not it didn't feel like it at all. Mm. Oh, where was was Lisa in it? She probably oh. had a few contractual lines, yeah. Yeah. Um it yeah, huh. like the characters sort of I mean, I don't know who Bart is now. Mm. You know, and and Homer like they just felt like a vessel for whatever gags or what whatever sort of contrived storyline they wanted to do. It didn't really feel like an, a character. Yeah, and Marge seemed only to be there for the whole patronising hostage negotiator story. Mm. Which, Which also, yeah, had that sort of coda with Maggie mm. yeah. where he was talking. But like that, that looked like it could have or should have been a sort of little C story where we just yeah. cut back to this negotiator. But we'd already forgotten about the negotiator by the time it got to the coda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that funny yeah. to just finish the whole episode on it. It should have been like just cut back to it. I kind of think yeah. it's negotiating. If it had been sewn throughout, that would have been a lot better. I think negotiator mm. might have been the highlight for me because it was, I don't know who that voice actor is, but mm. it was fun. Yeah, um, it was cool. And just, I do like the bit at the end, which is like, I've got mm. your nose. If you ever want to see it again, you'll give me the pacifier. Mm. Yeah. That's not a bad bit. But yeah, I agree. St stitch it throughout and make it a thing instead of just. Ah, uh, we got to fill some time. Yeah, mm. because, yeah, then that it gives this episode, yeah, essentially two coders. Three if you count the whole weird Wiggum and Lou being oh, snippy to I each other. Oh, the yeah. corner. No, and Greg, I don't know if you've seen this much, but, mm. yeah, this is a thing that we see all the time where Wiggum and Lou just, they're a sketch in this show as well. They're, they're just cut to, mm. to have, like, a snippy little relationship style back and forth. Yeah. And, like, when you know it's Hank Azaria playing against himself, it's just... <laughs> Even weirder to think yeah. of that actor just sitting in the studio having a stupid little argument yeah. with himself. I mean, props to the vocal talent, I guess. But I mean, I almost liked it. That's the thing. Is like, you know, he's ah, chief. I don't think those cars are street legal. And he just, and then it should have left on Wiggum being like a sentimental moment of ah, Lou, you'll never understand the love between a man and his son. And it's like mm. that would have been fine. But then it's like, oh, I've got a son, chief. He lives in Paraguay or something. Like, what are we doing? Let's just stop. Mm. But yes, mm. no. Would you watch it again, BT? No. <laughs> How about you, Greg? No. Nah. Like, initially, Never. I wanted to say I would put it on for, like, laundry. Yeah. But no, mm. there's not enough to enjoy here for me to... There's not enough for me to enjoy here to watch while folding laundry. <laughs> mm. Bleak. Yeah. Bleak, bleak, bleak. Uh, all right, this is the fun part of the uh, review. Greg, what would you like to change about this episode? How would you improve it to make it better? <sighs> okay, if I actually had to it genuinely change it without just saying just chuck the whole thing in the bin and start again, I would say just take every almost everything out of it make an actual story about grandpa fathering a child, yep. which is sort of crazy already. Mm. But if you play it serious, like you can get a lot of jokes out of it and have an actual sincere moment. And like, how, how the fuck would grandpa deal with that? And, and well, Homer and, and yeah, Marge. Homer responding to the idea of watching mm. his father potentially going to become a father again. That's a weird sentence, whatever. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like Homer would have a, uh, like a half brother, you know, this is a crazy, but not totally unrealistic scenario. Mm. 
you could get a lot of laughs out of it, but a lot of sincerity as well. And it, that could legitimately make a, an interesting an interesting storyline with heaps of opportunities for funny gags. And I would say make that the story and focus on that. No, absolutely. And yeah, the idea of Homer like getting excited about a baby brother while he has a baby of his own. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it leads to things. <laughs> How about yeah. you, VT? What would you like to change? Uh, I'm going to say there's an episode already here. They just need to stitch the parts together because there's so many ideas mm. about, you know, fathers and sons. They're just not in any way connected. Get mm. to the point way faster mm. for starters. Like this, the whole app thing, sure, but have Homer actually push Bart away so he can spend more time doing nothing or whatever. Because the fact that Bart just walks up and says, oh, can I play with that guy you pay, pay to throw the ball to me? He's like, well, this has already happened and he's already accepted it. That's fine. No one cares. You could almost keep that B story of grandpa getting a woman pregnant because, again, that's another father-son thing and they don't tie that to anything. It's like, mm. why? And then Millhouse as well. It's like, yeah. was the point he doesn't like Kirk because Kirk is a pushy weirdo? I didn't even understand why this scene was happening. Uh, mm. You could remove that Kirk thing entirely and it would not change anything in this episode. So make it matter. Make any of this matter. Yeah. Mm. Well, m- my big thing is I think you can salvage the whole Milhouse and Homer are hanging out because Homer likes the respect Milhouse gives him. Mm. And to spite him, but starts hanging out with Kirk and like... Is well, not is not having a fun time at all, and is like forcing it. And so, come on, Kirk, come on, give me something, you know. Well, maybe Bart only uses this app to get like a father figure after Homer rejects him or something. This is, mm. it's just nah. It's nothing. <laughs> and yeah, again, to your point, Greg, where was Lisa? You know, she surely has something to say about yeah. Homer not uh, being a neglectful she was father. Dead. Mm. Remember, massive head trauma. Oh, that's right. <laughs> She played her last saxophone yeah. solo. and The whole yeah. thing was just her death dream. Or she's in a coma. I don't know, something. <laughs> All right. That, and- that would make sense. It felt like a fever dream. Like <laughs> that, that actually makes it make sense. <laughs> this is a collective dream of, yeah, four unconscious mm. Simpsons. It's like, well, I was unconscious and I dreamed my brother's friend was building a wall with his dad, except the wall was meant to fall down. I don't really get it. And then he fell then- off a ladder and got run over by a car. It was weird. And anyway. also grandpa got a mm. woman pregnant. Yeah, this is describing <laughs> yeah. the plot of this episode is describing a dream. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> All right. Uh, guest stars of this episode. We had Matt Leonard. Um, Greg, big American football fan, I bet. Oh, you love that gridiron. Give me that pigskin. Yep. Let me chuck it down the field for a 50-pointer. <laughs> I have no idea who that guy was. Absolutely no, not. Neither do I. I didn't mind the gag of him, like, keep on shoehorning in the whole uh, mm. fucking trophy, whatever he won, the Heisman trophy. Mm. But, yeah, again, it felt like stunt casting. This Sorry, guy what, what was his name again? I just mm. wanted to double-check something. Matt Leinart. I, I did get a little chuckle out of the joke where he... Um, where he gave Bart the jersey and he goes, whose jersey is this? And he goes, OJ's. <laughs> yeah. um, and he goes, go on, Juice, go long. You know, and mm. it was just a nice little... Yeah. Okay. That was all right. Uh, there was a bit where he um, is passing the ball with Bart and he kind of stabs it with something and deflates a little bit. So I wonder if he was a, a part of the whole deflate gate scandal. Uh. And yes, he was. Oh, there we go. Uh. So that's what, what that was. What What's deflate gate? Is that um, a- there was something with some team that they were deflating the balls before the game so they would be easier to throw or something like that, or mm. harder for the other team to throw. I don't know. I don't a football guy. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I know the term at least. Um, so that was what I gathered from that. And if you knew that, I'm sure this episode was 1% more enjoyable. <laughs> it was our version of cricket's, was it sandpaper gate or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not as good terminology. Didn't rhyme. Deflate gate, however. Mm. Mm. Yeah, all right, we're here. Greg, do you have any other notes about this episode you want to mention before we rank this thing? Oh, 
it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've 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 just sort of we've been all over it, but yeah, it just felt random and sort of wacky without being good. Yeah, well, my only other note about it is that they're like, I wonder what Wendell thinks, and he just sort of shrugs and walks off, mm. and it's like, cool, brought back that classic yeah. character for that classic oh, gag. Actually, no, now that you say it, I, I didn't mind, and tell me if, the, I, I don't know if this is a joke that's been overplayed, mm. but I didn't mind Milhouse's dad thinking it was cool that he was hanging out with Bart. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. And when he said to Milhouse, I won't lie to you, being in the car with Bart was the highlight <laughs> of my life, like... I did think that was kind of funny. Like, yeah. I didn't laugh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I did sort of go, eh, that's all right. Yeah, I think it's one of those jokes that, because it comes so late in the episode, you would have laughed mm. if you were having a better time. But at this mm. point, it's like, what's the point of it all? Yeah. Oh, look, yeah. a mildly amusing bit. Oh, mm. God, I hope the next episode perks you up, dude. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm angry again. I feel alive. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other notes? Of course I do. <laughs> a couple of lines I did like are in here. Let's just go through them real quick. I do like when um, Grandpa announces he might have got a woman pregnant and Homer's like, I leave you alone for six months and this is what you do? Yeah. Uh, that was all right. Um, I did quite like the joke of the football man throwing people into the bar. Oh, yeah. Like, again, I would have laughed mm. a lot more if I was already having fun, mm. but uh, the concept of the joke is pretty good. Yeah, I yeah. just wish they didn't end it with Ralph. I thought, yeah, mm. you could have done that better. Yeah, too, yeah. too wacky, I think. Like, yeah. already funny and made it too wacky. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jasper has a kid now, so that's canon. <laughs> that's canon. <laughs> yep. Grandpa has this bit of like, oh, I can't even raise my left arm, let alone a kid, and then literally like five seconds later lifts his left arm. It's like... For fuck's sake. <laughs> do you people pay attention to your own scripts? I do hope someone got fired for that mm. blunder. Well, like, there's being <laughs> finicky about scripts, and then there's, like, here's a line, and they yeah. just, just don't do mm. it. There's no... He doesn't need to. Mm. Ah. Mm. All right. Well, if you're out of notes, that must mean it's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. But maybe if the episode was just... Eh, you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, of the very best, the ones which the Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first, let me show you how it's done. I'm going to give it a participant. It was not even close to being a bronze, but also I really didn't bring up enough rage and hate in me to fail it outright. But yeah, it just it exists. Mm. BT. Mm. Man, I'm right on failure. Because again, oh, you're I right in that border. I don't quite have the rage to hate it, and at the same time, there are parts that genuinely do piss me off. Mm. But I will let it sit on the pit of failure's edge and think about what it's done. I will not kick it in at this moment. I will say participant. As much as I kind of want to, it just doesn't feel like it's worth the energy. Just a little participant. All mm. right, Greg, finish it off. What would you like to give it? See, I don't know. I think I'm thinking failure because. I don't. I mean, I don't. Ha I don't have rage for it. I don't. Mm. I don't want to kick it down into the pit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if we weren't doing this podcast and I had started that episode, I just would have stopped it. <laughs> like I, I, I wouldn't have. By the end of the episode, I was like, oh, I'm glad this is over. Mm. I we, would have stopped it. And I we, think we if thank I you for your sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think if I would have stopped it, that means it didn't hold my attention. That means failure. As far yep. as I'm yep, concerned. That's fair. Yeah. No, I mean, that's it. And that's why we've got those clockwork orange chairs installed so we don't <laughs> get distracted and run off and do other things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. That'll be a dull participant averaging out. And it will be, oh my God, the fifth episode from season 28 to get this rank. Mm. It'll join Havana Wild Weekend where yep. they go to Cuba. The Great Fatsby where ah. they write a rap song or something. <laughs> no, Fatsby. Fat I want to watch that one. <laughs> Great Fatsby, wasn't that the Great Gatsby parody that's garbage? 
Yeah, that's right. It's Mr. a two-parter. Mr. Burns starts hanging out with a hip-hop producer or whatever who grifts him <laughs> of all of his money, and then he joins up with a bunch of rappers to write a diss track. Oh, fuck me, that's right. I actually really <laughs> want to watch that. <laughs> and t- I know it's going to be way worse right. than I think, but some man, of these, I want to watch the it. description is amazing. It's a two-parter yeah. as well. That's a one-hour-long episode. Yeah. 22 for 30, where they do, yeah, that ESPN show, but about Bart's basketball career. Moho House, where Mo has a swanky new bar and oh yeah that's it all right well look uh let's leave the whatever that was behind and move on to the Mm -hmm. teens era Mm -hmm. where i think we're going to do an episode which a lot of people would consider a classic (gasps) teens this one is called trilogy of uh, trilogy of error funny i should stumble on the word error bt have you ever seen this episode before i feel like i have because i gasped earlier when you said the name Mm. Greg, do you know this one just from title line? From title line, I'm sure I do. And I feel like the second I see it, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I can't think offhand what episode it is, but I'm sure I've seen it. Ooh, how enticing for our listeners. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back very soon with watching Trilogy of Error. We will be back. Everyone's recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we're Everything's recording. all good on my end. I never stop. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's wearing a wire. (laughs) And we are back and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 12, Episode 18, Trilogy of Error. First released in April of Ought 1. It was directed by Mike B. Anderson, written by Matt Selman. In this episode, this is the one where we see the same day from the perspectives of Homer, Lisa and Bart and the bot lingo and the the mob running after Bart and Milhouse and all the exciting stuff. Hey guys, what'd you think? Great fun. Yeah, it was fun. And I I, I immediately remembered it the second that it started. I was like, yep, yep, yep. I know this one. And also remembered that it's kind of a parody of Run, Lola, Run. Yeah, but um, I can't really remember Run Lola Run, but I remember at the time going, "Oh yeah, this is Run Lola Run." Yeah, um, it's a little bit. It's also I think Go is the other movie where it's three perspective, whereas Run uh, yeah. Lola Run is like three alternatives. Yeah, uh, mm, yeah, so that's the, right. Yeah, yeah. In the commentaries, Matt Selman did say, "Yeah, he was inspired by like yeah Run Lola Run." Yeah, there's uh, definitely a music uh, sting, Reservoir Dogs, and mm. Pulp Fiction, but yeah, definitely the main. Uh, source of his inspiration was the movie Go. And mm. yeah, I really like what they did with the format in this one. Yeah, this is changing yeah. up the format in a way that's a lot of fun and very refreshing. And I remember watching this the first time being like, what just happened? And then it starts again like, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was like interesting. And was, I, I definitely remember at the time going, yeah, this is a cool episode. Mm. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed, like, enjoyed it a lot when I first watched it. it was, and it was, I remember it was one that people talked about and went, oh, that was a really cool episode. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even though Teeny exclaims at the end, this plot made no sense. I thought mm. there makes was, plenty of sense. Yeah, there were plenty of great little setups, reminders, payoffs, and stuff working mm. all around. And this just format. how they interlock as well is very good. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most funniest episode, but yeah, there's a lot of satisfaction going on in it. But yeah, yeah. it has a lot of momentum, and yeah, it's good fun. Mm. No, I was just gonna say, and you want to watch it, like you want, like yeah, yeah. As, as I was saying before, you want to know how the story ends. You want to know what happened to Bart. You want to know what happened mm-hmm. to Lisa. You How did Lingua explode? It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you're, you're interested, and the way it happened was really good. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, let's hook into the episode review. Greg, we'll start with you. For better mm-hmm. or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? I mean, this is for worse, even though it's a really good episode. I think this is still an episode where the cracks are beginning to show. Mm. I think, and, yeah. and as I was, look, I was scrolling through 
looking at all the episodes in that season and going, oh, yeah, that one sucks. Oh, that one's all mm-hmm. right, you know. And this was, it sort of felt like that. And there was this particular moment, and it was when Barney poured coffee into Homer's mouth that, mm. to me, was like a not good gag. Yeah. Yeah. He said, it, you know, I know what'll wake him up, some coffee. And then he just gave him some coffee, and then he woke up. Yeah, and I expected like he would wake up because his mouth was burning or something like that. Yeah, not, or, or he'd okay. smash the coffee pot over his head or yeah. pour it down <laughs> his pants. Or He just said, I'm going to give him some coffee, and then he gave him some coffee. And I think the gag was supposed to be he's pouring hot coffee directly into his mouth, but it felt a bit too just silly, but not that yeah. silly. And it uh, felt like a new Simpsons like, oh, gag. Okay, what's this gag going to be? Oh, he, he mm. just gave him coffee. Yeah. yeah, and this was in the like four year period where they'd sobered up Barney as a character. So, mm. uh, but they didn't have his sober look. He didn't have like his combed hair and stuff in this mm. moment. Mm. So, I think they were kind of making an allusion to that. But yeah, I agree. It just sort of felt like nothing and a way yeah. to get Homer up, but not an interesting way either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like an example of the cracks beginning to show. And there were definitely episodes where I'd say not a single gag failed but this was an episode where yeah some of them were really funny and some of them weren't so funny and that was the first moment where i went eh this feels new simpsons no Mm. definitely Uh, how about you bt what's the moments that stands out to you for better or worse i'm gonna throw the three quick ones if i may and well i mean are you gonna stop me no um i'm gonna quickly just reference the two curses that i really like first of all the son of a deadly when the the Garbage mm-hmm. truck pulls uh, Ned's letterbox out. And also, uh, I can't remember why she said it, but Marge's, ah, doodlebugs. <laughs> <laughs> that was adorable. Yes. Uh, but mainly I want to throw to uh, when Lisa gets dropped off at the wrong school and runs into the French class. And uh, mm. it contains my sister's favorite joke of when it's all, all the kids laugh at her and the video goes, ah, mm. en français. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good joke. I really like that one. Oh, it's a great misdirect and like... I mean, not that anyone's had that moment, but we've had that moment at school. Oh, you called the teacher mum or... You walked in the wrong mm. class. Like, I'm not meant to be here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, to show up at the wrong school, this is great. And uh, the one... Ge- uh, two guest stars for this episode, actually. Yeah, Ooh. but the first one, Frankie Muniz playing uh, Thelonious, oh. the mm. kid from West Springfield in Elementary. How did we think uh, this little kid did at this time? Little yeah, precocious great. guy. I think he did great, especially his line of, uh, yes, the reference is worth the beatings. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was kind of funny but i actually thought it was a really kind of ham-fisted cameo mm. in yep. in the sense that it didn't it didn't really add anything to the thing you know she could have just simply rocked up at the wrong school and then oh fuck i'm at the wrong school now i gotta mm. it didn't really add much into the mix it didn't, I, think, I do kind of like that it's pretty pointless especially mm. when they're just spinning and it does like shot to lisa shot to Thelonious, shot yeah. to lingua and it's like oh my god we've been spinning for hours like yeah it's stupid, i think the payoff I got a chuckle yeah yeah i think the payoff was kind of worth it. it it was kind of like it did feel like oh hey we've got a celebrity guest in here but at the same time there's a funny joke so you know yeah yeah, I, and at the time I checked, he would have been about 16 at the time. And mm. yeah, right at the beginning of Malcolm in the... Were you a fan of that show at all, Greg? Or? Yeah, I was, big time. But also, like when it was on, I was like, this show is the best and I loved mm. it. But also haven't rewatched it since. So yeah. I don't know if I'm that big a fan, um, no. <laughs> but I, I definitely loved it at the time. Yeah, I, I take every opportunity, especially in this podcast, to talk about it. Because yeah, mm. I am... Such a massive fan. I think I rewatched the entire series like at least every two years at this yeah. point. And and yeah, like Frankie Muniz is also a very interesting character. Just uh, the career he's had like since then, the, mm. he's yeah, all but left TV, but also races cars for a living. Yeah, yeah that's but, right. Thank yeah. God you said races. I thought you were going to... T- 
No. <laughs> I don't think so. Not yet. I think he wanted uh, Lizzo to put him in his purse or something. Mm. I'm confused. But also, yeah, fr- from racing the cars, he's had brain damage to the point that he said, yeah, he doesn't actually remember a lot of Malcolm in the middle now. I thought he was just drunk. Yeah. Possibly that too. Oh, wait, no, that's Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> okay. Possibly both. Possibly mm. together. Who knows? But yeah, the bit that I'm going to say stands out to me, and this is... Part of the plotting that I love about this episode is, yeah, the high-stakes second-act break where you think Bart's about to get hit by a car, <laughs> and then finally in the reveal of Bart's story that it was just a little thunk, mom, oh, like, yeah. the whole satisfying unsatisfyingness of, mm. of it all, and I feel like there's a lot of these moments in the episode where they're kind of dropping the seeds in other stories that pay off in the others. Yeah, mm. it's, a good, it's a good example of just a sort of a bit of a meta joke, I guess. I don't know if mm. it's a, that's necessarily the right word, but it definitely feels like they're playing around with the format and playing around with your expectations as to what you think the show yeah. is or should be. And I think that that monkey joke at the end was kind of funny because it's this sort of meta joke. And you see a lot of them around that time period of The Simpsons mm. where it's like, yeah, we're kind of just fucking around at this point. <laughs> yeah. And what's wild to me is that that happens in season 12, you know, where at the end, you know, they're very self-aware when Marge goes, wasn't that right, Mr. Teeny? Wasn't that right? We had a great time and they're laughing. Like they know this yeah. is fucking dumb. <laughs> like they know this is a dumb, stupid way to end the show. And they're kind of making fun of that. Yeah. But it's wild that they've done that and then still made another 18 seasons of the show. Like, <laughs> after they're, they're self-consciously going, yeah, we've kind of jumped the shark here. They still just went and made 18 more seasons. I mean, I think you'll find it's 20 more seasons. Well, yeah, 20 more. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to be here for so long. <laughs> But, I mean, I feel like they do that um, as well in just with Lisa going, now as he reattaches the thumb, the subject begins for a long and painful recovery. <laughs> yes, I did like yeah. that, yeah. Like, oh, funny. didn't this conveniently wrap up? Oh, no, he's going to be in physical anguish for a while. Like, mm. I mm. still felt like they played with the reality and the ridiculousness, but... Yeah, on Mr. Teeny, goddamn, love to see a monkey driving a car. Especially when yeah. Yeah, Wiggum pulls him out and was like, you know where one, two, three, fake street is? He's like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And then just that little line where he goes, hey, we have the same hat. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> It's, it's just they're blue. Like, yeah. oh my goodness. Uh, have we seen this episode before, BT? Oh yeah, absolutely. At least three times in different perspectives. <laughs> nice. Greg, are you uh, familiar with this one? Absolutely, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen it. No idea, but definitely a bunch of times. Yeah, this was on my famous Elliot's uh, Stoner Simpsons mixtape with the weed episode and the Tall Tales one. And yeah, mm. this was like, I compiled a bunch of trippy episodes onto one VHS tape. Elliot, oh, that's cool. do weeds? <laughs> No, never. <laughs> you were supposed to say Elliot does do oh. it. <laughs> Come on, man. Trying to alley-oop you here. Or sports reference. I smoke too much weed, man. <laughs> I'm just the stoner sloth. You're, you're passing me the salt and I'm like, salad? Um, <laughs> wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, yes, but no. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was all part of its own momentum, but um, I got a couple of bits. I'd like... Okay, Marge stealing Rainier Wolfcastle's Ferrari. Technically, that's wacky, but it's not impossible wacky. I will, I do love the button on that where they go to the hospital. This is parked in the doors. Yeah. Just kind of close <laughs> on it. Yeah. And uh, Homer gets from where Lingo's head lands to where he blew up like that. 
So uh, that's the only yeah. part of like uh, impossible wacky I wrote down. Lisa spinning for hours. Yep, Homer instantaneously traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Greg? Were there some cartoony wacky moments that stood out to you from I this mean, one? I mean, th- I think most of it was really wacky but like wacky in a good way yeah you know it's like i always find it really hard there's you know especially when you do absurd comedy it's really hard to sort of define why one thing is funny and then another thing is just like oh look i'm so random and it's not funny yeah yeah and this is one of those times where it is funny and like everything is wacky there was that moment i really like the moment when um Lisa corrected Lingo's grammar and then he goes, Lingo, sleep now. And then he just <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, conserve battery power. Yeah. And I love that in that as well. It implies that Lisa programmed into the bot to have darting eyes as a function. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, is this yeah, really a little advanced? bit of sass. <laughs> like, this robot is the most advanced AI that's ever existed. Like, he can understand context <laughs> and mm-hmm. make decisions. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the whole episode, like just about every part of it was wacky, but in a good way. And I think it works really well. No, definitely. Yeah. Besides starting to question, wait, in 2001, Lisa, yeah, was the most advanced robot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But also just on Linguo as well, um, at the end, were they doing a Joel Dolce reference? Were they like... I don't know what that the, is. The, what, what? They were like said like three lines from the song "Shut Up or Your Face." Oh yeah, maybe, uh. but they're also pretty heavily Italian mm. stereotypes. Yeah, <laughs> like they throw in robots. They are throwing robots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they say what's the matter, you? And like, shut up or your face. And, uh, like oh yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't. Know, I can't prove it. I kind of also don't believe that song is real, even though I have heard it. All right. You know, it's one of those things. Like. <laughs> This is fiction. This doesn't make sense. This can't have been a cultural imp- such a massive cultural impact to have you know mm. lived on to us in another generation where it wasn't even a thing. Yeah, I, I just heard my dad quote it. Mm. No, it's um yeah, like when you hear the dads like put on fucking oh god, what's that shit? Uh, Australiana or something? And oh, it was like, ostentatious. Yeah, it's like oh, this was peak comedy back then, huh? Yeah. I, had a, I had a fight with Ostentatious on Twitter once and I think he blocked me. So, <laughs> so you won. Yeah, so I won. Take that, Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ostentatious. Um, so yeah, a wackiness of this episode. Yeah, um, stealing Rainier's car. I love how Marge explains that to Lisa and she doesn't bat an eye either. <laughs> Stole this car mm. off McBain after I cut off your husband's thumb. Can yeah. you drive me to school? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, perfect example of wackiness, but it serves a purpose and it's funny and it it's a yeah. good payoff. Yeah, to yeah. do that any other way would be, Mom, why did you do that? It's like, no, no, mm. we don't care. Mm. Keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and the one, two, three fake street thing again, like <laughs> you'd almost forgotten about it, but then, yeah. yeah, they bring it all the way back into Bart's story at the end. It's yeah. fucking so satisfying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but how about the heart of this episode? Did we feel the bumps? I mean, Homer's loss of his thumb, you mm. know, tells him to say goodbye to his brother as he prepares to throw it away forever and can't hitchhike anymore. Mm. Sad, really. But I mean, yeah, we're not really going for hard here, so. Nah. Yeah, I feel like it's not, like, this is the one time when, you know, for most of classic Simpsons, you know, having heart is is what you want. But this is the one time when you don't really need it, you know, because, yeah, they're going for the, the movie Go or, you know, yeah. Run, Lola, Run. It's It's all about slick twists yeah, it's and style plot lines and, it's, and style uh, yeah it's and got so much momentum that you don't really care because that's what's driving mm. it is just the story itself yeah yeah exactly it's all about the slickness and the momentum and and for that it achieves it so it, yeah it doesn't have heart but it doesn't need to mm. 
Yeah, and I guess maybe that's why they quickly shoved in a little bit of a Lisa Hart story in it all, um, mm. just to mm. maybe fill that quota. But again, mm. I think, yeah, you put it right, BT, that it, it's ultimately pointless, but well, it's it, kind of fun. And everyone's motivated, at least. Like, yeah. you know, mm. Marge has cut off Homer's thumb. That's a thing. Lisa is trying mm. to get to the science fair. She wants to win. I do that, that like that part where uh, Martin's just like, kiss first place, goodbye. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that was it, really good. That one. It just, it tells you the stakes in a line. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, I just realized Bart's just whacking school today, isn't he? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Actually, the thing I like about this, even though like we don't get to see Marge's day, mm. she's just got a massive part in all three of these stories. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. She's the glue. She's the yes, glue that holds always. that family together. <laughs> <laughs> and my other heart uh, moment from this episode was Millhouse's line. Where did you find this place? <laughs> this is where I come to cry. I do yeah. like how it's become a bit of a meme as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was um. That was definitely yeah something that. I didn't laugh at now because it, yeah, it's like, it's a meme at this point, but I remember laughing at it at the time. And I remember strangely, my dad couldn't stop laughing at that. I remember watching <laughs> it and my dad thought it was the funniest joke he'd ever heard. <laughs> um, I don't know why I remembered that, right. but I, as soon as I heard the line, yeah. Well, especially Bart's reaction to just brush it off and go, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't care. I will say the one joke I had completely forgotten about that I really did like was when all the fireworks, they launch a firework out of like a statue cannon and it lands in like an army base and they're all running drills. Oh my God, I'm not ready. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Yeah, like them freaking out would have been funny enough, but to have the line, we're not ready yet. Yeah. (laughs) That kind of tied it for me. But ultimately, does this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? A different version of themselves, and again, it's that style parody. But yeah, I think they're absolutely. It's just you know a slightly different universe to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's as I say, it's that late, late mm. but good, still good period where like yeah. yeah, they are starting to feel like they're different. And it's you know if if I was in charge of the show back then, I would I would have gone, yep, this is the last season. Um, they, <laughs> you know, they feel like they're different. And I feel like you know in that episode, it, it is a style parody, but also. I think they need to kind of do that because they're running out of things yeah. for them to do naturally. Um, so it, it kind of felt different, but it still works. Mm. It's like a moment of, well, what else can we do with these guys? Yeah. Rather than, ah, oh, what else can we do? God, mm. you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's exploring because they've, they've run on so long. Like, well, you know, mm. we got we got to start branching out. What can we do? What's interesting? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, just from like the conceit of each of the three stories, it just... It feels exactly like all of them. Yeah, of course Homer got his thumb accidentally cut off reaching for a brownie. Yeah, Lisa cares about winning the science fair and Bart's up to mischief with fireworks. It all fits everybody. Mm. No, that's it. And the way that they tie the, yeah, second tier characters across all the other stories as well. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love Wiggum in this episode. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. The house of knifey wifey. Yeah. (laughs) And the bit where where Luke goes, can I hold my gun sideways? And he goes, (laughs) yeah, sure. It's your whatever you want, birthday boy. (laughs) yeah yeah they're not actually jokes but they're just funny details to stack Mm. yeah yeah (laughs) and they're just like oh that sounds like fat tony hmm fat tony is that you (laughs) yeah actually there were a lot of jokes around the fireworks i'd kind of forgotten like calling it a cracker house yeah i got a good joke out of that uh and the bit where the uh, mob guy's like ah thank god smuggling fireworks is so much better than running those unions so much paperwork yeah (laughs) despite the fact there's like such tiny amount of money they'd be making yeah no, absolutely. And yeah, of course, uh, playing Fat Tony, Joe Mantegna returning again, who's just wonderful as always. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yes, I would. I uh, Yeah, this would be 
in my whatever, you know, once every three, four years when I watch The Simpsons again. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would watch it again, yeah. I would put it in the rotation. BT? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good fun. Of course, I'd watch it again. And episodes that we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. So what are some other Simpsons episodes that would pair nicely with this one? I'm going to say other movie parodies, so something like uh, Cape Fear. Oh, yeah. I uh, can't think of any others at the moment. Of course, because <laughs> that's how brains work. Yep. I, like I would put it in the category of sort of novelty episodes mm. that don't necessarily aren't necessarily Treehouse of Horror ones. So like the twenty two short stories about Springfield. Yeah. The behind the music. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Springfield spinoff showcase. Yep. Yeah. Maybe maybe that one. That's a bit meta, but yeah, I'd put it in with other novelty episodes. Yes, like a Springfield Up and the Twenty Four parody as well. That would be a good mm. fit. But uh, what about changing this episode up? Say there's stuff we want to fix. What do we want to change? BT, we'll start with you this time. I think change that coffee bit. It weirdly lags. And maybe try and punch up that bit with Flonius. I like it just fine. It does feel a little bit, okay, why did that just happen? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, I think. Those are the only parts that really dragged for me. The rest is all a lot of, lot of just well, go. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I think... They've obviously spent a long time thinking about structure, and there's nothing in there that it doesn't really isn't really out of place. You know, even when like when Lisa goes in and sees Chief Wiggum there with the radio, mm-hmm. that feels like a random moment at first, but it pays off because it's not yeah. a random moment; it's part of the story. So I wouldn't really change anything structurally. I would just yeah, literally punch it up. There's I, there's plenty mm. of gags. I'm like yeah, you know, I didn't. There weren't big belly laughs anywhere. Mm. So I would just give all the gags another pass. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of, uh, what is it, when Dr. Nick is talking to Captain McCall, he's like, what are we doing, a lengthening or a widening? It's like, oh, yeah. I do not need to think about that. Mm, <laughs> better make it both. <laughs> but yeah, even bits like that where I'm like, why is this here? It's kind of like, okay, yeah, it's silly enough to work. Same with the gun sideways. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, yeah, New Simpsons can make me feel very clever, like I can rewrite some of this shit. But yeah, this one's making me yeah feel like a big old dummy. Um <laughs> All right, yeah, we're pretty much here. Greg, do you have any other notes about this episode? My main thing was like, I just thought it was so, I mean, I already said it, but I just thought it was so funny that they're so aware that they're running out of ideas and they kept going for so long after that. (laughs) This really should be the last season, you know? It's just like, yeah, now they're just messing around, having fun with the format and this was a hit and Mm. it should have, that should have been it. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's actually kind of the episodes where they do mess with the format that generally work better or that we like better like yeah the mm. when they did the seven up parody or they mm-hmm. did the uh the 24 parody where they're yeah going for stylistic parody but but also at the same time when they do like sketches that reference other things that feel like you have to know the thing and yeah. it doesn't work mm. this one you can be totally unaware of go and this is still a fun episode mm, absolutely. yeah absolutely yeah you don't need to know the source material at all bt do you have any other notes absolutely i do uh, let's see. I'll do like the bit at the beginning of like, don't worry, Dad, I'll get us out of this. Do you want to come see my science project? No, no Lisa. <laughs> wink. But I sure don't want to eat this crappy <laughs> breakfast. And it's the kind of thing because they repeat it so many times in the episode. Mm. It just, oh, poor Marge. Yep. Trying to keep her family yeah. held. But that, that was actually a really good animation moment yeah. for me where she pulls out the mueslicks and it's just... <laughs> yeah. Maybe, that, maybe that's what they're eating in the Tracy Ullman short we watched. Oh, yeah. Mueslicks. Have you ever watched the Tracy Ullman sketches, Greg? No, never. Oh, you mean the Simpsons ones? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Not many. Well, maybe only the ones on that episode where they showed Mm. them. Yeah. 
Which no, one some of them are was? surreal nightmares. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. There's this one called Dinner Time where they're kind of eating brains, but anyway, it's... Oh. Well, it's... they're just eating unidentifiable squidge. <laughs> squidge sounds is great. Right it's, it's, it's good fun. Um, I do like the Homer's line of like, ooh, can I have a brownie? They're for after dinner. Ooh, can I have dinner? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Reattach my thumb. This isn't Gattaca, which is a weird reference, but um, Gattaca is a good movie about oh. Uh, oh, genetic yeah. engineering in the future, and it's it's good. I would recommend it. I haven't seen it all for a while. but it's a um, great movie. Oh. Yeah, one of the few Uma Thurman movies that didn't have Quentin Tarantino involved that's actually good. Yeah. So you don't see her feet in it. I honestly don't remember. You probably do. I, don't know. I wasn't paying that much attention. But when um, Marge calls up and says, I cut off my husband's thumb. It's like, oh, you'll burn for this. You'll burn in jail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was good. Again, Wiggum in this episode. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely kills. Uh, the great line of linguo dead. Linguo is yeah right here was another good animation moment for me that's just such the slightest detail when homer pulls down linguo's eyelids like a robot toy the bottom ones immediately like catch up to it yeah Yeah. like Mm. he only pulls them it's such a small detail but i love it Mm -hmm. and my final note is uh when lisa's speaking to again chief wiggum damn and so does that whole fat tony's at you and there's gun well what he thinks is gunshots like oh well now i need another informant at least the people trust you yeah (laughs) yeah and and the the line he says after that which is like you want to be a snitch the pay's not great yeah we um, just heard someone die what we think yeah. and then he's like also it pays badly yeah. <laughs> but again like a great detail that yeah you're led to believe mm. that was gunfire and then you see the Find fireworks mm. it's just mm. yeah so well integrated mm. <laughs> I, lo- I loved the scene of Homer chasing Santa's little helper through <laughs> the yard and then through Flanders place uh, especially stomping mm. on the train right before he hits the thumb and just rod or totter whichever it's just Perfect cry <laughs> delivery on that actor's part. Mm. Just, mm. Especially because Homer's just so happy to stomp this train into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then Flanders' line as well. And then Harry Potter and all his friends went straight to hell for practicing witchcraft. He just Yay! hocks the book into the fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I think I'm out of... No- oh, yeah. Oh, he's on the Blue Man group again. <laughs> we got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's those little details that make it good when... It's clearly something he's gone on about yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it reminds me of the X-Files episode, another blue rant. Blue M&M, red M&M, it all winds up the same color in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Homer's Drunken Rants playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> a really weird dick. But it's like, Hootie and the Blowfish? Yeah, it's cheaper than blank tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I cut that one, but I, I personally kind of like it. Well, that was kind of the thing. Mm. I only, in retrospect of watching uh, Todd in the Shadows do his series on train records on oh, uh, the... Hootie and the Blowfish's follow-up so uh, good. album, did he really illustrate to me how successful that first album was and how many used copies would be out there. So, yeah, they sold a fuck ton of that first album. Yeah, because Cracked Rearview... Uh, window mirror whatever mm. is still like in the top 10 or 20 most sold albums of all time yeah like crazy amount of success mm. for mm. uh old hootie and his blowfish 
Or Darius Rucker, I know. There's no hoodie in her, whatever. Uh, anyway, it's time to rank this thing. BT, what would you like to rank it? I came into this room on a gold because I just had a lot of fun. But in the talk, I've kind of there's not a lot of good hard gut laughs. I think I just really enjoyed how refreshing the change in format was. And they do it really well. I do find this to be a very clever script, how they interlace each individual story. However, I'm going to sit on a silver. It's a very entertaining episode. It's just, um, there's not... A mind-blowing aspect to it. I mean, I could have gone gold. It would be a fair enough rank, but I feel pretty solid with the silver. Not mind-blowing, but robot exploding. Anyway, yeah. uh, Greg, what would you like to rank it? Yeah, I would say I would agree with silver then. I think it's really good. It's fun to watch. The writing of the actual, the way this, the threads are weaved together. Mm. And I think the payoff to have the gangsters using, you know, sort of gangster speech and blowing up lingo... <laughs> Is so good because it's it's not just this random moment where they've run into gangsters at the end. They've already yeah. set up the gangsters to yeah. begin with. So writing wise, it's really well done. It's really mm. cool the way the format changes. But yeah, totally agree that it's just like not that funny. Mm. It's like entertaining to watch and like lots of funny gags, but it's not yeah big belly laughs or like really funny. And end of the day, you know, for me, a gold episode is one that makes you really laugh. So yeah, silver. Yeah, uh, that sort of solidified my position because, like, I'm like cubic zirconia idea, but like, mm. yeah, silver execution. So I'm gonna like land in the middle of that and say a gold, and it, like, just for my personal preference, it's only just skirting up there because, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. a few more jokes and I'd be a lot more solid in that opinion. But I'm gonna say, yeah, gold because, yeah, it's such a fantastic effort, and, and frankly, one that, like, I don't think they've like met again even mm, in, in like high concept yeah yeah absolutely mm. all right well that'll average out into be a shiny silver it'll be the fourth episode from season 12 we'll give that ranking it'll be joining children of a lesser clod where mm-hmm. homer does his acl and opens a babysitting service at his home pokey mum where michael keaton plays a artistic prisoner that marge takes under her wing Mm. and The Great Money Caper, where Bart and Homer get into grifting. Ah, grifting. Yeah, it's all these sort of fun season 12 episodes with ridiculous plots. Like, even that last one, that's the one that ends with the classic, I know this plot was completely absurd, but if you listen for us for one moment, hey, everybody, surf's up. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's exactly that. I remember that's the joke I was thinking of when when I went, yeah, this this should be the last season. I remember watching that and going... (laughs) There's nothing you can do. When, once you finish an episode with Hey Everybody Surfs Up, <laughs> that's no your last season. Yeah. There's no, where can you go from there? Yeah, because you're basically saying, okay, we had a fun episode, now shut up and let's reset. Yeah. It's yeah. not jumping the shark, but I mean, you are going surfing. You're getting fucking, you're getting close. Simpsons. Yeah, that is. It's, well, it's, it, to me, it's jumping the shark, but being aware that you're jumping the shark. Yeah. It's, it's like we're having a laugh here. Like, honestly, who gives a fuck at this point? Yeah, and, and that should it, be your last season. It wasn't the jumping the shark because on Soviet space station, Sturgeon lands on car. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a stretch, and I'm sorry, but I made it. <laughs> <laughs> well done. First prize. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that about does it for the teens era. Now we're going all the way back to the classic episode. And mm. I haven't told you this yet, BT. So, no. uh, Greg, what episode did you pick from the shortlist? I picked from the shortlist Homer the Vigilante. Ooh, yes. The episode mm. which the Simpsons Index famous <gasps> top ranking comes from. So will it get that ranking? We'll find out after this. Insert music sting, Elliot. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it.
And we are back, and we just watched our classic episode of the evening, and fuck, what a classic. <laughs> this was Season 5, Episode 11, Homer the Vigilante. First released in January of 1994, it was directed by Jim Reardon, written by... John Swartzwelder! In this episode, this is the one where Homer's a vigilante, it's what it says on the, the tin. Springfield Guy, Cat Burglar. That's the one. Mm. What do we think? Oh, it was absolute chef's kiss. Mwah. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Settle down. Settle down. <laughs> Had a great time watching it. And and honestly, because I've seen The Simpsons a lot, like mm. especially around that era. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could quote just about every episode. You know, I can watch along and I know exactly what's coming. And it's still funny. I still yeah. literally laughed out loud at several points in the episode. Yeah, well, I mean, what you were talking about with not a single belly laugh in the last one, mm. and, you know, you meant to, you know, get bigger laughs on a first or f- close to first reaction, and, yeah, this mm. one might be in the 50s for me, and I'm yeah. still, yeah, getting gut busters all throughout mm. this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, beautiful yeah. stuff. Line deliveries, character moments, story, Jesus, this one's got it all. Anyway, let's hook into the review and mm. the famous Simpsons Index questionnaire. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's one moment that stands out to you? One? <laughs> one that's... St- okay, I'm going to steal two because fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, first, it's just one that I just love every time and it just feels particularly relevant in these very heavy uh, conspiracy theory days of like, oh, well, Lou, that's another one. Put it up on the board. Well, no obvious pattern, but if I take this one here <laughs> yeah. and this one here and that one hello it almost looks like an arrow (laughs) chief that's pointing right here let's get out of here yeah (laughs) so good that's a perfect example of those really good jokes that are every line is funny and it builds and it builds and it builds and it just and it pays off you know even it's funny that he's creating the arrow he's just making it up and then he makes the arrow (laughs) and they go wow it's pointing here and as cops, their reaction is to go, let's get out of here and just run, just literally yeah. flee from the room. Well, my it's other example, so funny. My other example is going to be another one where they just keep adding on to it. Like, uh, oh, come on, Lisa, I got you that new instrument. What, this jug? <laughs> <laughs> Which that alone is funny. But then she stops like, Lisa, never, ever stop in the middle of the hotel. Then there's a nice yeah. little heart moment of, oh, sweetie, mm. I'll get your, your saxophone back. You know, Lisa, music helps daddy think. And then yes. him standing with like one hand on his chin, both feet tapping to the music. Oh my God. That was another one for me. I wrote down the exact same thing, almost yeah. the, almost word for word. It was just the rhythm of it was so good. It's just mm. a great uh, if- joke that then has that heart moment. Then where he's stomping <laughs> and just really looking serious. As he's genuinely thinking, he's like, he needs the music to help him think. Yeah, I think if I could get a tattoo of a gif, that would Mm. be it. (laughs) But it's, oh, you know what they say about the mullet, you know, party on top, you know. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, party on back, business up top. It's the same here. He's he's all Mm. clearly thinking in business, but his legs are still partying. Yeah, yeah. It's so Um, good. uh, and yeah, playing on the Simpsons history as well, that it's not something that you need to know, but that Homer's just been constantly irritated by Lisa playing bebop jazz on her saxophone all these years, mm. but if only she'd been playing, you know, the first and the fifth note on a yeah. jug <laughs> and doing a hoedown for him. He really mm. gets into that. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Greg? What's a moment that stands out to you for better or worse? For me, I mean, and I'm, I'm the same. I At first, I started to write down all the jokes that stood out, and I realized I couldn't yeah. type that fast. Like, you I was just, just typing. Writing, re- rewriting the script. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It was, 
But for me, it was the line. This is honestly one of my favorite jokes, and maybe it's just me, but it's one of my favorite jokes in The Simpsons mm. of all is just when we just cut into Homer at the dinner table and he goes, look, buddy, your car was upside down when we got there. As for your grandma, she shouldn't have mouthed off like that. Like, it's just I love being in the middle of the story, not knowing exactly what's happened, but you basically know what's happened. Like, what did he do to the grandma? Like, we don't know, but it's so funny. Not only is it funny, but it really speaks to his character because Homer mm. doesn't understand the difference between just having power yeah. and, you know, protecting people. You know, for him, being a police officer is literally just being in charge and bossing people around mm-hmm. and he genuinely doesn't understand the difference. And that's what makes yeah. it so funny as a joke, but also so Homer. Like, it is his character and it says so much about who he is. It's just a great gag oh and that you know his opportunity to defend himself on a live platform and it's just you can clearly see like yeah how much of an ego just he is (laughs) oh kid i'd be lying if i said my men weren't committing crimes touche brilliant yeah it's a brilliant gag oh uh that whole smart line section it's yeah Mm. just what you said just uh, it's stacking and stacking of jokes and Mm. Oh, that when he gets mad at the phone call, it just starts choking and, yeah, the pullback and reveal. Homer, that's our stage manager. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm nervous. Yeah. He says, I'm nervous. Like- yeah. Everything about it. it. It feels, it honestly feels like the the way that the jokes are written in this sort of classic Simpsons era, it f- almost feels like a hand animation in the sense that it feels like every single word has been mm. like spent hours on every word. Yeah, you know what I mean? Crafted. Yeah, every single thing, and it's just packed with jokes that are all great. Yeah, well, uh, apparently behind the scenes of The Simpsons, they had what they called the nuclear process in that because mm. they expected, you know, to get a syndication deal out of this show and have this show be rerun ad nauseum, which definitely was, yep. and to great mm. success for Channel 10. So they'd run it through those tests. These jokes needed to be funny 30 times. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny that the same show that has, yeah, the same episode order doesn't clearly have this same process. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it, it's so wild and bizarre. Oh, God, what's going to stand out to me? Um, God, I don't even know what to pick. Do you have another one, BT? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can help you out, buddy. How about all the things the cat burglar initially steals? So Lisa's holding her sax and gently blowing into it, and then mm. comes the party whistle, mm-hmm. uh, takes the TV and switches it with coping with loss. Yes. <laughs> I don't like the necklace kind of pops out of Marge's neck. <laughs> yeah, the Great. grooves that are in her neck. It's really And there's good. the follow-up joke if she has an entire drawer full of them. Mm. <laughs> you probably have a drawer full of them. Yes, well, I yes, do. I drew. <laughs> but all of them are. I really love the production of this opening scene, actually, now that you've mention it and you know they do the simpsons theme in that like nice mm. lilty style but then it's like got a bit of a yeah spy espionage feel when mm. yeah a yeah, little, little bit of pink walking. panther under there yeah and also just the economy of of words or, or lack of words really how quickly and clearly the story of the episode is set up yeah. Right off the bat, we see a cat burglar coming in immediately after. We know Lisa's saxophone is gone. You know, we've now got motivation. This needs to be yeah. solved. Flanders comes in. You guys were robbed too. This is a crime wave. Everything yeah. is so clearly put forth in the first few moments of the show. So we know the stakes. We know what the motivation is. We know what everyone wants. And then we can get into it. And it's just so well done, that opening scene. 
Yeah, we go from zero to them having formed the vigilante group in the first ad break. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's beautiful pacing. Mm. Yeah, and it's not one of these things like the first episode where it feels like they used up an entire story within the first act. It's obvious mm. that, yeah, this vigilante group is going somewhere, and then it's kind of even a funny reveal in the second act where they're like, oh, this was supposed to be going somewhere. Why haven't you solved the cat burglar thing? Mm. I'm still missing my saxophone, you dumb asshole. <laughs> Uh, um, mm. And yeah, this gets to be a great Springfield Ensemble episode as well. Like, I think, yeah, especially Simpsons always do really good quoting on the mob mentality. And mm. I love how fickle they are as well, where Ned's like, oh, I don't have much experience. Someone else. Someone yeah. else. Someone else. Someone <laughs> else. I'm someone else. That's exactly a note I wrote down <laughs> as well, is the way that they capture the moral panic of a large group of people. Mm. They do that so well. And, and for me, that flipping on a dime part that was great was that they, yeah. they formed a vigilante group to stop the mur- the, the, the murderer, the cat burglar. <laughs> they formed a vigilante group. The whole town was in hysterics. They had like yeah. laser beam security systems and <laughs> running houses. And then when they finally catch him, because he's a little bit nice, they're like, yeah, let's let him go. He's a hero. <laughs> like, oh. It's just this mob mentality that just flips them on a dime. And it's so good. <laughs> oh, sorry, everyone. But Malloy here broke the law. When you break the law, you have to go to jail. Yeah. So, uh, here's your monthly kickback. <laughs> it's like you couldn't have picked a worse time. <laughs> yeah, very good. But yeah, leading into the wackiness about this episode, fuck, I love that Frick went on TV, <laughs> demonstrated his running away house thing, which didn't work, and someone yeah. still bought it. <laughs> yeah, immediately after two, it's such hey, a good hey. callback. Yeah, he, he was right. The real people did not burn quite as quickly. <laughs> oh, but I, I just love the slow delivery of that when he's just watching it. But it's like, well, the the real people won't won't burn quite as fast. <laughs> oh, Frick, looking on the bright side. Oh, it's just so funny how it just mm. tilts and then pathetically goes up in flames. Mm. Like, there is so much good wacky animation well, in this episode. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Come on, the entire Doctor Strange Love reference. <laughs> yeah. That was I, one of those one of those Strange Love references that I never got as a kid, and then mm. years later was like, ah. Yeah, but again, even if you don't know that reference, you get the idea that he's just insanely enthusiastic. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Uh, the reveal of the hey didn't you read the sign (laughs) (laughs) do not ride the like this has happened enough to herman yep (laughs) there was a moment in there that and this was actually i had never noticed it before just a tiny little background animation moment Mm. and i actually paused it and went oh that's cool like i'd I'd literally never seen it before in the scene where everyone was pelting homer's house with fruit yeah it paused and you see a really well-dressed man holding a bowl of salad and holding like a bit of lettuce with his tongs. Oh, right. Like he was, he was flicking it with his tongs and I'd never seen that before. And I, who knows how many times I've seen that episode. Yeah. yeah 50, yeah. hundred, I don't know, but I'd never noticed that just tiny little bit. And someone thought to put that in and yeah. just a tiny little background thing. It was great. Oh, that is an amazing detail. <laughs> yeah. God, I swear I had so many more moments for uh, wackiness. How about you, VT? I mean, all the uh, big T's in Springfield. <laughs> there is an inordinate amount of big T's. Big T building, big T factory, T burgers. The big T theatre featuring iced tea with Booker T. <laughs> that was really good, that one. That's how the mob rushes back and it's like, we need more information. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> You know, this is actually how I learned about Booker T, the musician, because I said to a friend uh, ages ago, why is Ice-T performing with a world heavyweight champion, Booker T, the wrestler? It's like, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> you mean there's more than one? 
Um, well, there's probably a lot of animation moments to go over, but how about on the other side of the wackiness? How about the heart sorry. of this episode? One more wacky One bit. One more, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just um, when Malloy breaks into the Springfield Museum, it's just, alarm system, do not turn off. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay, continue. <laughs> Actually, yeah, to be fair to Malloy, this was a very easy to rob town if that was the trend. Like, <laughs> mm. yeah, Homer leaving his keys in the front door and everything. I love that. Just as, yeah, he's pulling up the little lockpick. Oh, mm-hmm. Such a good reveal. It's not just the mm. pull-up. It's also how his hand kind of goes back into su- in surprise of, oh. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is easy. Uh, yeah, how about the heart of this episode? Did we feel the, the bumps? There's Lisa's saxophone and uh, Homer's mm-hmm. promise to get it back and then him losing his head to power, of course, but it always comes back to Lisa and it's a, mm. it's a good moment. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it, it definitely showed real heart because mm. it shows that Homer for... As bad as he is, he genuinely cares. Mm. But his is the constant war of his his own selfishness and ego that he you know he genuinely wants to get Lisa's saxophone back. But then the second that he has an opportunity, he starts running around with a sack full of doorknobs. <laughs> but he he did have good intentions, and mm. at the end of the day, then he got it. And there is those moments of genuine heart in there, and it's a classic yeah. example of that. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, too much has been said about the whole jerk-ass Homer thing and Mm. that's impact on the show. But, yeah, this doesn't feel like that to me. This, again, just feels like the over-enthusiastic idiot that just lost his way. This is Mm. classic golden retriever Homer of, oh, Lisa's actually upset and so he cares, but then, hey, look, something shiny, he gets distracted. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's a it's a really perfect... I mean, it it sounds kind of trite to say because you say it about anything, but... You know, it's a perfect example of of something that's timeless because mm. you could watch this now and still completely understand everything about it. Like you still have mob mentality and hysteria going on. I mean, this is exactly what militia groups and and yeah. vigilante groups do. <laughs> you know, they're just <laughs> kind of dumb people that you know can't be a cop or don't have the the, the patience or whatever. Then then they just go, yeah, let's join a group. Let's get a big group started and get guns. And <laughs> and they've really nailed that. We're responsible adults. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> and if responsible adults, yeah, boom. yep, sorry. <laughs> I love Mo. Oh, me again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff. But mm. yeah, I think Lisa's saxophone is like the only emotion you're going to get out of this episode. But I think mm. it's a, a very good anchor as well. And the way she reminds in the story of what's going on, because... I guess sort of watching it, I was curious because, I mean, it's impossible now for me to watch this episode with fresh eyes. And I'm mm. like, I'm wondering how well the whole Malloy payoff would work for a first time viewer. I mean, I think it would mm. only work on a first time viewer because every other Simpsons fan is watching this and go, well, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a new character we've never seen before. Yeah. The point was not a mystery. It was how it gets resolved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think I, I'm fairly certain that when I first saw it, I you immediately know that it's Malloy. Mm. Like, I feel like that's, yeah, it's not supposed to be a, a sort of mystery there. But I just realised too that the other moment of heart, that there's a little moment, but is like the way Grandpa mm. sort of saves the day and then Homer apologises to him and, yeah. and says like, oh, you know, you, you actually have done a good job. And then Grandpa has his little moment where he's like, oh, I don't feel useless now before Mo tells him to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I've had my moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's great. Like, it's just, the yeah, this whole thing of this episode having a point and, you know, well, we've learned something today. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. 
But again, they've structured that properly. They had, you know, Grandpa come to the first vigilante meeting and then he'd been told, no, you're too old, and Homer tickles him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the reprise when... Stop it! This is a form of abuse. <laughs> and then the reprise when, um, you know, they're at the museum and he's like, just stand around and don't steal anything. Hey, yeah. we're on our break. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's that old uh, setup reminder payoff. And, oh, they pelted you too? No, I just fell down. <laughs> Actually, I didn't notice he set up that there with the following joke on one of one of my frequent trips to the ground (laughs) but ultimately did this feel like an episode of the simpsons are these the characters we all know and love is this the show we know and love absolutely yeah 100 percent. this is literally the simpsons distilled to its purest form (laughs) yeah I mean, I guess we don't get a lot of Bart and Marge in this episode, but, I mean, they're, they're there to support Homer's story, and Lisa gets a lot to do, I suppose. Well, Bart's pain yeah. is funny, but Lisa's isn't. <laughs> yeah. Bart's pain is funny. <laughs> the moment, and I know this is, a, this is a reference to another movie, and I actually forget which movie it was, but the moment where the guy is drowning, like as his car's going down into the water. Yeah. <laughs> you said yeah. this stream was shallow. I know that's a parody of something, and I don't know what it uh, is. It's a mad, mad, mad world. Yeah, That's it. Um, I think it's a mad, 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 mad world. Mad, 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 mad. <laughs> mad to the power of four. But even, but even not knowing that, Bart, just in that little moment where he's waving and he's smiling, <laughs> that's classic Bart. You know, like it's yeah. even that yeah. little moment of Bart is great. Yeah, that. Yeah, he had something. To, he didn't even have a line there, and it was totally Bart. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's something that this episode and this era of Simpsons does so well. And yeah, talking about the integrity that it makes all these references to yeah older movies like Mad, 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 Mad World and Doctor Strangelove and mm-hmm. Dragnet and yep. Pink Panther. Bad, don't, don't, just nodding. <laughs> mm. That it doesn't require you to have watched these things. These are yeah. just little references that are funny on their own and. To that point, apparently Malloy's character was based on the character A.J. Raffles from the 1939 film Raffles. Of course. (laughs) Uh, Classic Raffles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Raffles. Can't wait till they reboot that one. (laughs) If you can. You know, it's like rebooting Gone with the Wind. Mm. If Mm. they can do one of those tie-ins with a chip and, you know, um, do a Raffles ruffle. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no one eats ruffles. Do the ruffles uh, even exist anymore? I was just thinking about that. Did, do they even have Samboy anymore? Fuck, I could go some I Atomic Tomatoes right now. Oh. <laughs> go back to the 90s, hippie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, playing Malloy was our guest star for this episode, Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good old right. sh- shill for the lamb. Big lamb. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does shill lamb now, doesn't he? Yeah. He's oh, a yeah. movie about sheep now. That's weird. Movie about sheep? Yeah, some movie about that farmers all lose their sheep to some kind of disease, and uh, he tries to keep one in hiding in his house. It looks charming. Is that just his Twitter feed? Because I know he <laughs> posts lots of like videos of him and his animals being like adorable and old. And eating lamb. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's an actual movie. I can't forget what it's called. I think it's called Rams. They really lose the budget on Jurassic World 3. <laughs> <laughs> Please, they're up to six, Elliot. <laughs> hell <laughs> okay well yeah that's about does it for the integrity question where are we up to oh yeah yes or no would you watch this one again yeah 100 percent. rams is a 2020 australian comedy drama <laughs> film directed by Se- jeremy sims written by jules duncan and starring sam neill huh check it out rams it sounds great rams. <laughs> all right well putting that on my playlist uh rams and raffles anyway uh would you watch it bt oh did that not answer the question yes <laughs> all right yeah i'd watch it and episodes we want to watch again we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in so what are some other episodes that would pair nicely with this one to me honestly i feel like this is the, <laughs> the playlist is simpson season five like 
Yeah. It's just literally it's just the playlist of best ever episodes. You know, it's just, I don't know what else it sort of pairs with as much as I'd just go, if I just had my list of the absolute best episodes of The Simpsons, this one would be on it. Yeah. I had some like really out there playlists, um, sausage gags. So mm-hmm. I want to pair this one with the Treehouse <laughs> of Horror where Homer's like, I've got it. These wieners will give me the speed that I need to outrun these dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> Doctor Strangelove references. So they uh, have the war room from Doctor Strangelove in that one where Sajid Bob has the atomic bomb. Yeah. Mm. And I'm sure there's plenty others because they reference uh, Kubrick a lot. But yeah, just mm. to finish off that other thought, just the reveal of using the same thing to fool the dog that he does the sleepwalking oaf is just... Like you said yeah. before, Italian handshake, yeah. kissy fingers. Uh, that was my playlist for the running house. Things catching fire that should not catch fire. Oh, they do so many of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, when Hans Molman goes off the road on his car, <laughs> stops the... short of the tree and still explodes. Yeah, or when he's towing the house of uh, Edgar Allan Poe and it catches fire, or mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Burns' breakfast Yep. <laughs> in Home of, Home of the Smithers. Digging playlist when they're digging Bard out of the world. Yep, chop, chop, dig, dig. Or chop, yep. chop, dig, dig, of course. Yeah, that was all my playlists. BT, what would you like to change about this episode? How can you make this episode better? Oh boy, oh boy. Let me have a little gander at my notes here and see if I can figure out. Let's get a cup of tea from the Big Tea Factory and go to the Big Tea Theatre <laughs> and watch Mr. T and Booker T, whatever thing they were in. Um, no, I have no improvements to this episode at all. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I'm the same. For me, like, you know, a 10 out of 10 episode is one where i can't i just cannot think of a way that it could be better and i Mm. I legitimately can't i just just don't know what you could do to make it a better episode yeah i want to say like the only thing i'd change is i thought i wanted to say that the hanker's chief gag is laid on a little thick but fuck it's good for the line of ow my jugular any other questions (laughs) see i actually wrote a note with it and and i mean but maybe this is just a personal taste thing but i actually wrote a note on that one which was that i loved it because there's something about doing a joke where you know exactly what's coming Mm. yeah and it happens anyway yeah and he slowly goes i just better get this handkerchief out here and dab that sweat Uh, and then he gives it to the dog and then he goes (laughs) now kill kill and exactly what you thought was going to happen happens yeah and you knew it was going to happen the entire time and it's still funny and then through him screaming with the dog he manages to say any questions (laughs) after having his jugular attacked yeah (laughs) all right uh greg any other note about this episode the scene with flanders when they're forming the vigilante group, this was, again, back to when the characters really felt like heightened versions of real people. Mm, because yeah. Flanders, you know, originally he had a bar in his house and he yep. had beer. And, you know, there's a sign in it, like, that some joke about how uh, I can't yeah, do seven. Said, um, yeah, seven days without a beer makes me weak. Yes. But weak is in uh, seven days. Yeah. yeah. And, like... It shows that Flanders is a real person. He's a Christian. He's, you mm. know, he cares about his family. He's a he's a nerd. But he's still an actual person that, you know, oh, I like to have a pool room. I like to have mm-hmm. a beer. And and he became this sort of caricature version of that yeah. where yeah. he'd never touched a drop of alcohol in his life. And, you know, he had a like a really high-pitched singing voice. And, he, like, he was too, like, weird and, and, and Christian and, and stuff. And this was went back when he was real. And that was such a good... Just a good moment to remember where, where the character actually started. 
Well, so in his humility, when they all elect him uh, leader of the vigilante group, he's, mm. and he's like all being humble and like, oh, I don't really have any experience. He's still leading to the acceptance of it. Yeah. But in that middle of that mob mentality to show how little it matters, there's like, someone <laughs> else! Yeah. And that also just clearly shows how the person that wants power is usually the mm. last person you want to actually give it to. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like Flanders would be the best leader of a vigilante group. He'd be kind mm. and respectful and actually think about things. Yeah. But the person who yeah. wants to be in charge, it just wants to beat people with a sack of knobs. It's just to be loud and belligerent, yeah. Yeah. You what don't a- need a thinker, you need a doer. Someone who will act without thinking of the consequences. <laughs> That's it. What he's saying is horrible, but he's speaking mm. with such confidence and bravado that it's yeah. like following you now. Mm. And it also makes sense in the character too, because Homer legitimately would think that. Mm. He would genuinely say, yeah, thinking is stupid. Why would you think when you can do? <laughs> you know? We came here for action. Yeah. yeah. BT, do you have any other notes? Man, I got a lot. You already. <laughs> uh, they stole Ned's Shroud of Turin beach towels. That's a good bit. Yeah, I don't understand good. the reference. Uh, the Shroud of Turin was this kind of controversial uh, relic where it was meant to be the shroud that had covered Jesus after he died. And they eventually did carbon date it, disprove it wasn't old enough, but some people still believed in it anyway. So here's beach towels that are based off of this effect, uh, basically a holy relic. Oh, right. <laughs> so it's a good bit. Homer, tell your daughter what I what happened when I sent you into town to get uh, <laughs> home insurance. Curse you, magic beans. Stop blaming the beans. <laughs> but he's still got them up there on the bench. <laughs> well, yeah. still hope. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. That'll yeah. just be throw, you know, throwing bad money after bad. I don't know, whatever good. Um, <laughs> Professor, without knowing specifically what the problem is, would you say it's time for everyone to panic? <laughs> and then, of course, the reprise of that, would you say it's time for everyone to crack each other's skulls open and feast on the goo within? Yeah. Yes, well, I would, Kent. Like you were saying before, Greg, about timeless concepts in the, mm. yeah, the random interview with the expert, with the mm. the hype of paranoia and panic is just, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's always the undermining of, you know, they're always like, do you think it's time to panic? Oh, no, I think uh, the public should stay calm at this time. No, and this guy's just mm. like, yep, yep, panic. <laughs> exactly. And also the the way that it's played so straight, you know, it's not mm-hmm. overplayed and like, well, yes, I do. You know, ah, yeah. we're all going to die. He just calmly says yes I, I do think it's time to crack each other's heads open <laughs> and goo inside yeah. oh lovely uh, grandpa's line of I'm full of piss and vinegar at first it was just vinegar mm. <laughs> yeah first time I think the Simpsons said piss ooh piss mm. now they say it all the time now you can only see piss on cable I do explain that crimes like petty vandalism are down 80%, but heavy sack beatings are up a shocking 900%. <laughs> Bureau of Statistics monitoring that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do really like, and I, I'm not even sure how to take this one, of uh, when it's like, oh, Dad, I'd kiss you. Well, kiss me right here. It's the only part that has any feeling left. And he dies and he just goes, Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the animation, it doesn't quite land where he was pointing. So, A, I don't know if that was Homer intentionally avoiding the spot, or B, if he did kiss the spot, but it didn't have feeling, or C, if he did kiss the right spot, but he was like, oh, that didn't do anything for me. Man, we can take away so much from this little moment. That, again, went over my head. I never heard that little, hmm, that grandpa makes afterwards. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definite disappointment. And it is so, you, you're just constantly wondering why. Yeah. Why was it was it a wet kiss? Yeah, just that would be more of a ugh. yeah. Like yeah. A, oh, mm. I guess that spot doesn't have any feeling anymore. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to take that. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Uh, when they find the cubic zirconia, it says, "What an eyesore!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm nearly there. I do like they find the briefcase. Homer reads it. And there's oh, I can't make out the signature. Yeah. As though who else would have possibly put it <laughs> yeah, there? That's and so the good. final fantastic line of "No, no, dig up, stupid." Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Classic memeable line. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ah, that is all my notes. Well, I, I got just a couple of notes myself. But before we do that, uh, Greg, we've asked you a lot of questions today. Mm, and mm. But now we've got to ask, what is the most important question we ask on The Simpsons Index? Yes. Mm-hmm. Greg Larson of The Grub Podcast. Mm-hmm. If you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? If I walk into it like a deli and I yeah. order the Greg Larson, what am I getting? Okay, well, I can definitely answer that question. Um, Ooh. I would say the best sandwich is roast pork. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the, you know, I think cold roast pork, thick slices of, of roast pork. Yep. Then sliced cucumber, mm-hmm. red onions, Kewpie mayonnaise, yes. white bread. Mm. That's my yeah. go-to sandwich at Christmas time when we when you got all those sliced meats left over, yeah. all the roast beef. You, hey, you can swap out your pork for a beef or a chicken, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever takes your pleasure. But yep. cold meat, cucumber, red onion, mayonnaise, white bread. That's the Greg. Yeah. There's also something very different about leftover Christmas dinner that's mm. just a little bit different than if you made it for any other purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It's nicer somehow. Mm. <laughs> it's still it's got festive. a little bit of that Christmas joy in there. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Oh, that is such a, yeah, lovely yet fresh sounding delicious simple sandwich. Yeah. yeah mm. I feel like we could make that now. I would. Mm. Someone. <laughs> so that's the thing. You got to have the roast pork dinner first, right? Oh, no. yeah, yeah, that's well, it. Christmas it can't, is coming. It, it can't be any bullshit deli meat, though. Like it has no. to be an actual roast that you've made yourself. It has to be mm. proper roast meat, not that pressed deli stuff that's all rubbery. Yeah, uh, I love the specific uh, specificity yeah. of the cut of meat. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, yep. Time for my final notes, and not many left. Um, we do have a uh, a little bit of a Jordan's anal corner on this. Jordan's anal corner. We've yeah. not been here for a really long time. No, we haven't. Uh, one of our frequent panelists, Greg. His <laughs> name is Jordan, and he's particularly yeah. anal re- anally retentive. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're you know nitpicking the show, we mm. reference him because he's our friend and we love him. That's um, great. They, they quoted the Simpsons address as being 723 Evergreen <gasps> Terrace when it's 742. Whoa. <laughs> he needs to get down to Jordan's anal corner. <laughs> and that's been Jordan's anal corner for this week. Um, Gotta dust off the anal corner. It's, it's yeah. it been there for a while. <laughs> Cobwebs. Yeah. Um, I'm loving this anal corner. <laughs> Welcome to the anal corner. Yep. Jordan's specifically. Oh, yep. This isn't just anyone's anal corner. Yeah, yeah. It's Jordan's anal corner. Come on. <laughs> it's just over there. I feel like we should have had you on back because we went through a progression of like announcing it and then at some point we just started shouting the name. Yeah. And that's now, and we've come back full circle to know where we now say it politely. So yeah. if you've been back in the old days, it was yeah. Jordan's anal corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Anyway, uh, uh, I love how they come back from the second ad break. Okay, we've got down the secret handshake. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Homer's how, priorities. How long have they been working on it? That's what I, <laughs> like, it's so good. Homer borrows the Rap Master 2000, and this is enough to fool some kids into thinking it's Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hammer! <laughs> Simpler times, man. Hammer yeah. was big. Yeah, it's a really almost c- as big as Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Homer's uh, the whole again the string of jokes with the smart line thing is just so wonderful. It's like, mm. okay, we got our first caller, and I mean, ever this isn't a call-in show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, Homer. I am your arch ne- nemesis, Yellow. <laughs> Uh, you do know who this is, right? <laughs> Marge? No, Homer, I'm not your wife. <laughs> yeah, Sam Neill really delivered in this episode. Mm. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's all my notes. All right, it's time to rank this thing. Greg, you're going first on this one. What would you like to rank it? Cubic zirconia all the way, mm. 100%. Yeah. 
I big mean, old Q. It's got the cubic zirconia in it. It, it can't be anything other than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something that I've been thinking about this episode ever since we started this. Is, is the cubic zirconia episode going to get it? And for me, I think... Um, I think this one doesn't have the strongest story that we've sort of seen in a lot of the episodes we're given Cubic Zirconia, mm. but fucking damn, it was so much fun. My note-taking hand is so sore right now. I just had a blast reviewing this one. Cubic for me, BT. Yeah, I mean, it's not strictly a, an episode that's about a story, but it is about a mood. It's about that hysteria. It's about people reacting to crimes and... Yeah, mm. uh, the the cost both of the family and uh, to one's identity as Homer loses himself to power. Uh, cubic zirconia. Thank you, Elliot J. O'Neill. And for anyone out there who's like, cubic zirconia spelled with a C, not a Q, well, at least we didn't say it's got the big C. <laughs> that feels weird. So we're going to stick with the incorrect spelling of Q. All right, and this will be the twelfth unanimous cubic zirconia that we've from season wow. five that we've given from season just from season five, just from season, season five. five. Good We're seasons, and it is currently ranking as our best season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it once again got the Simpsons Index Award for outstanding achievement, the field of excellence. Oh, I almost mm-hmm. forgot our bit. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, but yeah, joining Homer's Barbershop Quartet, mm-hmm. Cape Fear, Rosebud, Treehouse Four, Boy Scouts in the Hood, mm-hmm. Last Temptation of Homer, the Casino episode, Dollar Pringfield, mm-hmm. Homer Loves Vanders, Burns's Air, Sweet Seymour Singers, Skinner's Badass Song, and The Boy Who Knew Too Much. I think it's mm. Badass Song. Yeah, there are five S's in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, what a good... I think you're right. Yeah, the playlist of season five just yeah. needs to be watched. <laughs> mm, yeah, it, it's just... It's wall-to-wall hits. I mean, the season's like the episodes. There's not a dull moment. It's just good mm. all the way through. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, look, thank you so much for joining us tonight on The Simpsons Index. No worries. Thanks for having me on. It's um, it's fun to watch episodes of The Simpsons and talk <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, like you say at the end of the bonus chats episodes of The Grub, yeah, watch yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah, check out The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if people want to hear more of you, where can they do that, man? Um, yeah, i got a podcast called The Grub. If you like sketch comedy, it's, it's that. We've got a bunch of free episodes out and also we're on Patreon. And I do, I've just started doing a sort of more serious political ranty kind of show called Big Aussie Revolution. Uh, There's three episodes out at the moment and it's me yelling about politics instead of yelling at my TV. I thought I might as well put a microphone in front of me. So there's that. So those two things. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I've been enjoying that as well. I actually found um, the American election takes a very reassuring podcast to listen to when we're kind of in that weird limbo week yeah like, yeah. yeah totally i just did it because i was like I, I i felt like there was enough analysis so i'll just ring up friends and and make jokes about the american election so nice no it was great fun and yeah absolutely love that one check that out um uh, bt what about our scripted show we've made recently well scripted uh, if you had enough of podcasts where people just yell their opinions why not listen to something with a script and actors and sound effects such as pulp fury radio our new show that's out now this is uh we've taken the old world kind of pulp genres like sci-fi noir horror and fantasy and just made new radio plays out of them so there were entirely new scripts written by me uh directed by elliot and myself and produced by elliot and uh yeah really proud of this work we're hopefully soon coming up to the final episode of this season and yeah. more to come if we can we love doing it so uh, yeah great fun give it a listen and also we're reviewing game of thrones backwards <laughs> on our podcast thrones of game <laughs> bt who's watched the show takes me who'd never watched the show on a journey watching 
in mm-hmm. episode reverse order. So yeah, that's yeah. been a whole lot of fun. It's a Wait, unique uh, perspective, and uh, no one else is producing Game of Thrones content. So uh, I, yeah. I have a follow-up question. You, yep. So, so you, you haven't seen it, Elliot? No, I've, I'm watching the show for the first time in reverse order. You're watching it. Oh man, I mean, th- that's a great <laughs> idea for a podcast. It's um, getting the show's getting so much better, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, that's like that sucks, but is awesome at the same time. <laughs> like, yeah. I would hate to do that, but I would love to listen to a podcast where someone else does that. <laughs> well, now you can. <laughs> that's right, and yeah, that's it. We're the only Game of Thrones podcast still uh, making content. So, <laughs> fuck you, Ben Vanell and Adam Knox. <laughs> only, only game in town. Yeah. Ah, that's we right. are still unfortunately hard to find because we didn't think of the name when we yeah. first created it. <laughs> yeah, Thrones of Game, Google tries to correct you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that about does it for the Simpsons Index. Greg, thank you once again. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time. BT, thank you as always. I've had millions of dollars beneath a big T. And we're going to go look for that now. Uh, but before <gasps> that, I've got to say, Mike, what? Maybe that's what BT stands for. <gasps> big T. It's underneath. <laughs> You'll check under your seats. BT. Big T. God, how did we never put that one together? <laughs> and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. I just found my butt. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week. Feeling trapped? Tired of the ordinary? Of course you are. We knew you were. If you're looking for an escape from the everyday, then you're looking for Pulp Fury Radio, a new podcast anthology series featuring all original stories in classic pulp genres like sci-fi, noir, horror, and fantasy. Join us and journey to a small town being invaded by a parasite from beyond the darkest depths of space. What could have done that? What is tentacles like that? At first it was like an infection, but it takes control. Come on, we've got to run! This town needs us more than ever and I do not intend to let it down. Or investigate a murder while trapped aboard a speeding train with seven strangers and one killer. I am Inspector Thomas Page of Interpol. Do any of you recognize the woman cuffed to my arm? Yeah, my Wölfin von Meidanek. Five minutes to find out just which one of you is a traitor working with this Nazi. We've gone over everybody's story and as far as we can tell, everyone is who they say they are. Oh, I see. So, we wait to see who dies next to narrow down the search. Stay back. Perhaps you prefer selling insurance in a world of fantasy and magic. I know he used fire, but he wasn't a pyromancer, he was a pyromaniac. This is a very minor quest, not even a level one really. I'm talking real adventure, real danger and excitement. Seek ye not the lost scroll, child. We are in no way equipped to face off against a dark wizard. You majored in English and I forged all my report cards. Fireball! Or solve a crime of murder, mystery and music. Fearless Felix Phoenix is the name. So, what can I do for you, detective? You're wrong, Felix. Don't you feel it? Sorry, kitten, but feelings don't matter when there's no proof. Ready? Let's jam. Each episode comes fully loaded with suspense, action, mystery, and drama, all to help you escape from your everyday. You can find out more at pulpfuryradio.com with our first episode coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Come on, your adventure awaits. Or whatever.